Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of this podcast. We didn't watch shit. Parker, what happened in the news? Uh, you know, we were gone for a week, and uh looks like nothing happened. That's good. <laughs> Hold on. Thank Hold on. There is something that happened. Uh-oh. That we we have some breaking Guys, news. Bigfoot is real. We have proof. <laughs> Finally. The evidence is uh, come pounding in. You know, my favorite conspiracy people are like the smokescreen guys. Like, oh, convenient they dropped this story. I'm not becoming <laughs> that guy. <laughs> it's real Hamas. Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so, uh... You know, Hamas attacks, and all of a sudden we find new Bigfoot footage. Hmm, what do they want you to think about? That's gonna be my new take. Oh. I really thought you were gonna do that in like reverse. It's like, oh, so you know, Bigfoot comes out. They're distracting us with Israel. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want us to know his secrets. Hang on, they caught him in high def taking his shit in the woods. <laughs> They're decapitating babies. Tweet. That's right. Smoke screen in effect. Are, are we sure this? I, I guess. <laughs> I guess this is probably a good time to mention that for the past two days, me and my friends would kill ET with Hamas has been stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to know though: Are we sure that this is Bigfoot and it isn't Pat Pespis? Because apparently he's also missing. God, Again. I beg you to take me instead. <laughs> I will sacrifice my body to keep him alive. The world needs Pat Pestwas to let people know that actually telemarketing companies are bad. You know, when I was born, I thought I was just a regular size foot, but... <laughs> I've never in my life been accused of having a big anything. <laughs> and I never will. Well, alright. Uh, Parker, actually, you know, I kind of want to talk about that... Uh, the Jason Mimosa news for Aquaman 2 because uh, yeah the Amber Heard uh, apparently she's just impossible to work with anyway uh, she's obviously not a very good actress but you know she signed a contract and I guess DC likes uh, consistency so yeah <laughs> that's, that's I don't I even know say. what that character's name is me neither uh, Aqua Girl anyway Jason Mimosa according to Amber Heard is Microaggressing her by dressing like Johnny Depp, and apparently, I don't know if it was her. Someone said, "Yeah, he's even got all the rings too." So he's just dressing like Is a fruit. That, doesn't fan. he just already <laughs> dress like that? That's what I thought. Yeah, I guess. I feel like it's just how he dresses normally. Yeah, and apparently he's uh he's being really obnoxious on set, but like maybe he's just trying to match her energy. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to be an Aquaman too. Yeah, who <laughs> who can blame him? I do love the hey, rumor. What's that? This entire universe is being rebooted. Hey, can I not work a sixteen-hour day? Can we just can we just trash this? None of this matters. Yeah, I, I do love the rumor though that he wants to be in Lobo because that is something I've wanted for a long time. He would be perfect for the role. Uh, 
if you if anyone who's listening to this doesn't know Lobo, go watch his episode on uh, Superman the animated series. It's one of the best episodes of any TV show I've ever seen in my no. life. So what else? <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on. <laughs> it's no, it's good. I mean, yeah, good on him for just trying to get himself fired because like, yeah, that's... he has said multiple times like, like I do not like working out. I am not touching a weight unless someone is paying me. Imagine how much working and dieting you have to put into that, knowing that, like, this movie's DOA, none of this matters. <laughs> the second it comes out, it's like, and this character's gone forever. See you on HBO Max in a month. Like, so you're telling me I have to sit here and eat two meals of white chicken a day and work out six hours a day for the shit that don't matter? No, no, no. I'm showing up hammered and getting fired. I don't care. <laughs> Jason Moana, the millennial who's quiet quitting. Good for him. Is what happens to give him to the like woke writers. Well, absolutely makes me like him more. Oh yeah, unquestionably. Uh, man, if we get Lobo out of this, I can finally die. Let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is my dad's TV. Uh, I all my movies and other things are legally on an external hard drive, which you can plug into like a USB. Every modern TV has one of these, even my dad's TV. Ninety percent of my shit won't play on there, so I uh, I was stuck watching almost nothing but Mystery Science Theater three thousand this weekend, and it was my birthday weekend, so it's like, oh hey, I'll watch my favorite show, but there was a whole bunch of movies on the list and you know i kind of get the shakes when i don't get to watch all of them so uh i do have a hero of the week though my hero of the week is josh because only he would tell a story like this and be so enthusiastic about it i don't know how the conversation turned here but uh ramstein ramstein is a band uh they're i think they play heavy metal and they're from like stockholm or something i don't know and uh, some people like some of their songs. I think I knew like two of them. And uh, Josh was telling me about like the, how he first got introduced to Ramstein, the song Do Hast, which of course, you know, poo fast. Anyway. Uh, there we go. Yeah, just, you know, just get that out of the way. He said it was back in like fucking, I don't know, 2008, something like that, where um, maybe, maybe it was a... 2010 and somewhere in that range remember when that french soccer player headbutted that other guy well apparently he found a video on youtube uh where it was just a bunch of different memes of that french guy headbutting the other guy set to do hast by ramstein and he was so enthusiastic about this that he sent it to me. This video is in like 144p. It is. <laughs> Think about what like memes were back then. What like a funny picture constituted back then. It was like you get like a 300 parody in there, you know. And uh, I watched the whole thing, and I don't know why. He did. He did mislead me though. He said, "Yeah, the, the video is like six minutes long." I'm like. Well, the song's only like four, so I thought it was just gonna be like two minutes of silence at the end. So uh, I shout out to Josh for having me relive part of his childhood. Also that, and uh, but not for his deals. Get to that later <laughs> on. That was a bad yes. deal. Yes, yeah. that was a real bad. What deal. a bad deal. Uh, look, I mean. It's it's only a deal if you uh, if you get value off it, right? And we all got entertainment value from watching the Patriots score zero points. Yeah. 
Chris, you're going to be your own jerk the week when you have to edit this and you keep hearing that fucking beep in the background. You're going to go insane. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to remove all of that. (laughs) (laughs) You're certainly going to try and be like, you know what? I'm going to cut like the first seven and then I'm just going to like, you know, out of spite, make it louder for everyone. (laughs) Just boost the audio for all of us. The good news is it's regularly spaced out, I hope. Otherwise, it's like Chinese music torture. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, uh, my jerk of the week is myself for reasons I will get to later on. <laughs> oh, good. Sometimes you commit to a bit, and then you're in the middle of the bit, and you're like, oh, this is a lot funnier when this is a hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine what that's like. Alex knows what, <laughs> Alex knows what I'm talking about. Oh, of course I do. Hell yeah, dude. We'll get there. Uh... uh my jerk of the week is whoever approved the permit for uh, a 10-hour outdoor house music concert across the street from my apartment from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday, which gave me such a bad migraine that I couldn't go to work that night. Um, this was also while the Orioles were getting shit housed and the Ravens were losing to Kenny Pickett, so I'm just going to go ahead and put that in at least the top five for the worst days of my life. Uh, thanks for nothing, you fucking dicks. <laughs> Who wants to listen to ten hours of house music outside? Europeans. Uh, Alright, well. Oh God, we should fucking glass that entire continent. I hate them. <laughs> I'm gonna boost that along with a beep. Okay, so. <laughs> <a> good episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're all in a really good mood here. Uh, let's, uh, anyway, for what we watched recently. First, the assignments. Uh, I had to watch uh, season one, episode three of Bully Beatdown, starring Jason Mayhem Miller. Guys, his voice is. <laughs> I I know that every single bullied, week dude. I mention like, yeah, he sounds like like one of the stupid dogs from Looney Tunes, but also with a lisp. But I swear it gets worse from every single episode. Like in this one, he said. It's only the first round, and I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. Fucking unbelievable! They they let him talk. He's the front man for this show. He's also like, I, I don't even know what to compare him to. He's uh, what's the most like annoying cereal box mascot? It's that's him. He's just an irritant in everything that he says and does. I uh, give you a for instance here. The latest bully, who by the way, I. I've mentioned this before, and I, I mentioned this with, like, people at Batman. It's really obvious when, like, things are scripted, and obviously these aren't, like, real bullies and stuff like that. But what this is is, you know, like, three friends or something like that. Two of them will say, like, uh, man, 10000 bucks. I mean, hey, if win or lose, we all get it. And uh, maybe, you, you know, get a little bit famous. You get your ass kicked by an MMA star. What could possibly go wrong? So they choose their shortest friend and say, yeah, he was a bully. He was really beating us up. <laughs> and you look at this guy, and you're like, oh, no, he wasn't. Not this guy. <laughs> and uh, he clearly doesn't want to be out there. And they put him against a guy who immediately is better. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, his nickname was Hurricane. But this is one of those fights where you're, where the guy, uh, the MMA guy, is like, he knows that he's better than this guy. and just toys with him for the entire thing. Chokes him out five times in uh, three minutes in the first part. And then in the second round, where it's uh, kickboxing, he just does Tekken moves to the guy. 
and <laughs> hits him so hard the guy pukes multiple times. I'm talking like the football pukes, you know, the ones from like the videos where it's like an offensive lineman. It's almost always a right tackle. I don't know what it is with right tackles. Where they stand up and they're walking to the line of scrimmage and Niagara Falls comes out of their mouths. And this guy, seriously, it gets everywhere. I didn't know the human body could hold that much in one's gut. Uh, yeah, this guy gets the absolute dog shit kicked out of him, pukes all over himself on national TV, and uh, his friends get $10,000. It's value. Yeah. I, uh, also, anyway, about Jason Mayhem Miller being really annoying, he's like, all right, so we're going to go to this guy's house, and we're going to see if he's mad enough to take on an MMA guy. And... He breaks into the guy's house, doesn't even knock, he just opens the door. Some guy comes up, he's like, ah, move it, Threth. And the bully is. Chills his wife. <laughs> <laughs> his wolf. Yeah. The bully is sitting on the couch playing PlayStation, and Miller jumps on him, <laughs> just fucking launches himself. Hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That wasn't part of the contract. <laughs> he didn't want him in there. <laughs> The most realistic part of the entire episode is where he says, yes, please get out of my house. <laughs> I Just reenacting the strangers with Jason Mayhem. <laughs> please, why are you bullying me? You were home, bro. <laughs> it just beats the piss out of him until he pukes. Good show. Uh, well, that's the thing about it is uh, I think I've... Uh, I've drank all the juice that I can from this one, all right? I have a feeling that it might be time to hand off the series to you guys to, to find something that I did not talk about. Uh, Parker, maybe you will recognize one of these MMA guys, or maybe you will talk about that red streak in uh, Jason Mayhem Miller's hair, which uh, a I don't know what the fucking deals with that thing. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, next week's... Oh. Jake Shields, that guy is. That guy has some opinions online. <laughs> That's good, boy. <laughs> boy he's diving into his Twitter. Yeah. Holy guacamole! Well, that guy's a nightmare. Well, I got um, uh, another show. I was assigned. This is um, Ms. and Mrs. Now, for those, <laughs> I yeah. Uh, some of you may be wondering who is Ms. Well. It's actually incorrect. It's actually the Miz, uh, the Miz, which uh, I think his real name is Michael, but you know, going to call him by this. He's a professional wrestler for the World Wrestling Entertainment Organization. He was the Intercontinental Champion a couple times, and uh, it's basically kind of like fake fighting and stuff. And anyway, the guy is married to a woman, and it's really beautiful and. Um, I had to watch an episode about their life. So, apparently, uh, The Miz moves very fast because she's already pregnant in the third episode and, like, really pregnant, too. First joke of the series is she's like, everything's swelling up my finger. I can't get my ring off. And he's like, yeah, everything is swelling up, man. <laughs> and she was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, dear, it is. Oh, this sounds sick. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this. Actually, so I, I'm not sure, and I, I can't really, like try to like speak for your guys taste in uh reality tv shows i have a feeling this one is one where you might be slightly more bored with this than the others like there's still entertainment to be had but unironically i kind of think they're a cute couple and I, I i really like them they they didn't fight or anything in this episode uh this is they seem like they really like each other and he seems like he's gonna be a really good dad like he he puts effort into every single thing that he does there is some extremely stupid uh, 
scripted stuff. Uh, for example, at one point, um, he uh, he takes her out to a fancy restaurant, and uh, her craving is chocolate truffles, and he ends up spending six hundred fifty dollars for him, and he's just like that has to be her craving really it couldn't just be like spaghetti or something and at one point he uh tries to make it for her and it's so bad they feed it to the dog ha 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 less entertaining is uh keep in mind that dog she uh she comes up to him and she says hey i, I went to the doctor because of all these back surgeries that i've had uh he's strongly recommending that i get a c-section and the music is like really dour and he's just like oh uh how do you feel about that? And she's like, I, I don't know. I've never had a C-section before. I, I, I don't know what the process is. I, this is, I, I don't know if this is right. I don't know uh, what to do. And he's like, well, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. And uh, just as I'm interrupted by that beeping, they are also interrupted every once in a while by their dog making slurping sounds in the water dish, which they had <laughs> mic'd up. Yeah. <laughs> That fucking owns. It, it seriously, it sounds like a dog eating macaroni and cheese. Is <laughs> <laughs> like the music cuts off as they look at the dog. It's just like, yeah, well, I, I love you so much. Thanks for being so supportive. <laughs> right next to them. Um, at one point, uh, the Miz chases around. Uh, the Mrs. Mother with a hose. I didn't. I didn't catch her name. I don't know. Um, uh, and she, her mom, kind of looks like Edna Mode, and she threatens to throw poop on the Mrs. Car. Uh, that's the Ms. Boy, <laughs> not Mrs. Car. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the episode's only it's hard to keep straight. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. <laughs> The episode is uh, only 20 minutes long, so they don't do much of anything. <laughs> uh, they have to go to a CPR class, and he gets CPR certified, along with a guy calling himself Dolph Ziggler, which uh, sounds like oh, uh, that sounds like a pup named Scooby-Doo <laughs> villain. <laughs> now we're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I did not come into this expecting, I'm going to like The Miz, but that's how I came out of it. I actually kind of like this guy. I, I hope he does well. This does not seem like the show I would watch for fun or entertainment because I don't really like pro wrestling that much. And uh, as much as I, I, this is a genuine thing, I love seeing happy couples. It's one of my favorite things in the world to see. I don't need to turn on a TV to see them. You know, I don't care about that. Gross. <laughs> oh boy, I've got 30 minutes to kill. Let me watch this happy married couple welcome a child. Get fucked. <laughs> what if there was a bully in the middle of the uh, no, actually, if I uh, if I had thirty minutes, I would stretch that out uh, by sixteen to watch uh, forty six minutes worth of the Celebrity Paranormal Project. Now, let's go. Now, I am very. Yeah, I can't wait till Chris finds out the Miz's origin from the real world. By the way, <laughs> that oh comes yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I don't find out. Anyway, uh, Celebrity well. Paranormal Project. I I was lucky that I got week four because if I had had fucking these early ones here. I, a lot of these people I just don't even recognize. Like in week one, the only name I know here is Gary Busey. In uh, in week two, there's someone just calling himself Godfrey. I don't know who that is. I I don't know anyone in week two. In week three, I only know Joe Piscopo. <laughs> 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 
man, he could have given me a million guesses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that the, uh, the the little teaser for next week's episode says David Carradine and also Coolio and three songs I don't, and three <laughs> three people I don't recognize. Well, what's, what's that? I get to night. choose which episode I watch. <laughs> but week four had three out of the five names that I recognize. The two I didn't were Evan Farmer and Kimberly Caldwell. I, I think they're on like TV shows or something. And apparently they kind of had a thing for each other on this episode, so that's kind of cute. Uh, but the the one I uh, the ones I recognized were <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter, who can't pronounce the word Philadelphia, uh, even though he played there for four years. Tracy Lords, who, oh. yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, you know, the most embarrassing thing about Tracy Lords is the way that she introduced herself. She's like, "I am an actress." I'm like. Yeah, and she's like, I'm most recognized for my, yeah, and she's like, well, fans usually come up to me in the street and they go, yeah, uh, my role in Blade, and I'm like, she was in Blade? <laughs> I don't remember her in Blade. I do re- I do remember her from an episode that we did on, uh, I think she was in the Tommyknockers, which, uh, oh, Jesus, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah she, whatever. it just keeps coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't know Tracy Lord's history, do not watch her filmography. You will go to jail. So anyway, uh, she seems nice. She seems like it's uh, like her life is picking up, so to speak. And uh, what's my evidence for this? She has to go to, with four of these other losers, the Warson Asylum for the Criminally Insane, which is actually the Norwich State Hospital in Connecticut. They make up a fake story for like, oh, there is a serial killer who would terrorize the, uh, the nurses and doctors in this insane asylum. And uh, if I was one of the nurses or doctors who was getting terrorized, I would just leave. But uh, in this story, it's like, no, he was there the whole time. These five celebrities have to go into this uh, haunted insane asylum. And uh, they have to go in there with ghost hunting equipment. Go ahead. Chris, Chris, who's the fifth celebrity? You never mentioned their name. I said Evan Farmer, Kimberly Caldwell. Oh, wait, you're right. I didn't. I'm sorry. I should have said it. Yeah, I'm fucked up for that one. Thank you. Edited all that out. All right. The fifth celebrity is Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I knew you were burying the lead. I, I, I did have to. Uh, he is going to be a focal part of this episode. Gilbert Gottfried. I imagine so. Gilbert Gottfried may or may not have scared off the ghosts. <laughs> so, anyway, they have to go into this insane asylum in uh, the Warson Asylum for the Criminally Insane in uh, Norwich State Hospital in Connecticut. And they make up like a fake story and everything for it. Anyway, uh, they have to go in there like at night and then they're locked in. They can't leave till daylight and they go in there with, and I'm not making this up, ghost hunting equipment. Stupidest set of words in the English language. And uh, really what's happening is uh, there's a crew off screen who's like controlling everything with computers and like every once in a while they'll play like a spooky noise or one of their lights will go out or something like that. And the celebrities are clearly told like, Come on, guys, it's a TV show. Please pretend to be scared. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, this does have Gilbert Gottfried. I can't really do a Gilbert Gottfried impression because, uh, you know, dignity and all that. But at one point he says, you know, logically, you have to think ghosts are invisible. And uh, I kind of tuned out after he said that. Uh, let's see. He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, I did like Tracy Lords taking the lead here. And uh, no one bringing up her past. 
<laughs> just I think they knew not to be like uh, so what did you do uh, they were just sweating like oh, I've heard of you yeah Jeremiah Trotter uh, says, oh, I definitely believe in ghosts. One time when I was a little kid, I woke up and there was a man standing over me. And then I turned on the light and he was gone. Ooh. And he is not scared at all throughout the entire episode. <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit about anything that's happening. I think the only thing he says is, damn, that was crazy. Thanks, Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> he's, he's just doing that voice the entire time and saying, oh yeah, I'm so scared. <laughs> that was uh, that was about the best I could possibly do. No, that was about the best I could do there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's <I'm> terrifying! Tiny dick! <laughs> the balls are above the dick. <laughs> Also, the balls hang down around the dick. <laughs> there is a like he is. Oh yeah, well he on a basset. A lot of people don't know, but Gilbert Gottfried was a comedian. They don't know because, like, listen to him. But uh, he he has a little joke at the end during like the credits. You know, the credits are on the side. It's the other people milling around at the end. Uh, Kimberly Caldwell says, "Yeah, I, I didn't really feel anything when I was down there." And he says. That's what all my ex-girlfriends say to me. And everyone has a, like, perfunctory laughter, you know? <laughs> Good one, Neil. <Yeah>. <laughs> You're killing us. Do the 9-11 one. <laughs> I just looked at the episode list, and I've already locked in the one I'm watching. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's obviously going to be seven, right? Of course it is. <laughs> Oh, thank right you. off of Route 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, and some of the equipment. Let's talk about the equipment used. Uh, they use a, a digital recorder for recording EVPs. <laughs> uh, and infrared sure. and thermal imaging. You know, in case the ghost is really hot. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, well. Ghosts are notorious for being warm pieces of energy. Yeah. This is, you know, uh, we step in a haunted house, like, wow, I'm sweating. There must be a presence in here. Yeah. Uh, they also have to, at, towards the end, they have to determine, they have to vote, you know, like voting someone off the island. They have to vote which one of us has the strongest connection with the paranormal. <laughs> so, of course, our team decides to vote unanimously for the girl who was the most scared. And uh, they send her down there. And I think at one point it's like, oh, this is where the evil killer hanged himself. And you see, like, a body. It's like a scarecrow, <laughs> like, hanging. And you're just like... Come on, this is the most low budget thing I've ever seen. And she like bumps into it and she shrieks to high heaven. And you know she got like an extra grand just for that. So, yeah, I, I'm i not surprised that they only made eight episodes out of this stupid bullshit. Which of the chipmunks <laughs> is getting the best spectral activity? <laughs> <laughs> There's eight episodes. It's like, the well, you got to episode eight, and you're like, I don't know, man, Danny Bonaducci. It's like, hey, maybe cancel this. <laughs> but also, <laughs> Gretchen Bonaducci. Oh, wait, never mind. That's a... Wait a second. Who is Gretchen Bonaducci? Because I, I clicked on her name, and it redirected to Danny Bonaducci. Is he trans? 
Oh no, it's his wife. Could you imagine? <laughs> I thought there was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, you're all Anthony Perkins situation. Yeah, you follow a scream upstairs. <laughs> Danny Bonnie Ducci the wig. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, that's uh, you know also a possibility. So, uh, what else did I watch? Well, a lot of stuff. I'm not going to talk about any of the um, any, any of the uh, MSTs that I watched because there's you know they just watch the episodes. Not a big deal. Uh, the first one that I watched was a documentary about a band the documentary is called everyday sunshine the story of fishbone fishbone was a band in the uh, early 90s and they had a very limited uh success in the industry have you guys heard of fishbone nope i've heard the name i couldn't tell you a single song you know i uh, i think i first heard them when i was uh, doing a rewatch of uh beavis and butthead and one of their songs i was like wait this is really good this they're really talented they feel like kind of a cross between um living color and uh, sly and the family stone and they could play everything and that's one of the first lines in the documentary it's like i've heard them play every single style of music all in the same song and uh, they're really very talented they have a ton of energy apparently they put on like the greatest live shows and then they just disintegrated. And a few of... I, I think two of them are still touring today. They don't even like each other. Uh, let me tell you the most interesting story about this. Because otherwise I wouldn't even mention it. Because like a music documentary, it kind of feels like a where are they now sort of thing. They had a guitarist who was very, very talented. And uh, he kept getting better and better and better. And then his mother passed away. And his father, who was pretty abusive... Uh, was also like hardcore Christian and told him, oh, you got to read this like psychotic cult version of the Bible, you know, in order to get into, in order to get into it. And uh, the guitarist started doing that insane shit and he shaved off his head so God would recognize he was a Christian. I don't even understand what that means. Uh, and the guy was actually going insane. Uh, he was ba- basically cultish. He was brainwashed. And the band was like, they were talking to health professionals like what do you know what do you need to do with him and they were like you need to sit down with him you need to have an intervention so he was walking they saw him and they they were like all right look come with us we need to talk and he's like nope i'm just going to keep on walking and they grabbed him and they threw him in a van and they're like look you're going to sit down you're going to talk with us he's screaming and yelling at them they're like all right fine fuck off and they let him out and he goes away the band gets charged with kidnapping (laughs) And uh, they almost uh, go up the river for it until they put the guitarist on the stand. And everyone's like, oh, he's batshit. So uh, he quits. And uh, then the lead songwriter quits. And then the trumpet player quits. And then the drummer quits. And uh, they're left with uh, just the bassist and the lead singer. And it's a shame because they got like four or five songs that are really, really spectacular. Uh, Parker, I think if you were to listen to them, you'd be like, wait, these guys are actually really talented. And they can play in all sorts of different diverse styles of music. But uh, success is kind of hard to come by in the industry for anyone. But uh, I, I happen to like Fishbone. I, uh, you know, all five of their songs. But uh, yeah, Fishbone's good. Let's see. What else do I have on here? Uh Oh goodness, this one. All right, so when I went to uh, when I went to the Alamo for uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the pre-show things was for like a Mad Max knockoff called the New Barbarians, and uh, it's like really really low budget um, uh, Mad Max. The, the whole thing is uh, just like 
the the really white colored versions of the football pads which don't look cool they don't look futuristic they just look lame uh they have like the what are those like really boxy truck cars they have out now are those like teslas as well where they look like polygons they have those and they crash into each other sometimes it is uh one of the lamest things i've ever seen in my life parker you might get something out of it uh what else here? Oh, this is fun. You can all laugh at me. I saw the trailer for Expendables 4. I'm like, oh, Iko Uwes is in this. And Tony Jaa? What could possibly go wrong? But I didn't watch it. Because I didn't have the context of watching all the Expendables movies. Oh, my fucking God. Of course you did. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. Of course you did. You absolute <laughs> moron. So anyway, uh, I was thinking about, like, you know, they're making, like, that horror Barney movie that's coming out at some point, right? I'm like, well, I haven't seen every episode of Barney. So I sat down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I only watched the uh, the first two. And uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really looking at the third one here like I might watch this. The first uh, Expendables movie is uh, I'm kind of treating it with kid gloves because it doesn't feel like a lot of people advertise it like, oh, this is a dad movie, you know? It's like all these aged action stars and your dad will be like, I remember him. That's not really the feel. This feels like uh, one of those direct-to-DVD movies that accidentally got pushed to theaters, except it was explicitly made for theaters. This was uh, written by Sylvester Stallone. That's important because this is some of the lamest jokes I've ever heard in my life. Also, Sylvester Stallone looks like a carnival caricature of a Magic the Gathering wizard. I don't know why he goes in front of a camera looking like that. Uh, the I will say that the movie does have the, the common decency to forget every once in a while that Randy Couture is in the movie. I don't know why he's here. I did he drink with Sylvester Stallone one time? I don't know. I he has no point. Uh, oh my god! It reminds me. I remember two scenes <laughs> in that movie. And one of them is when he just decides to explain why he has those fucked up ears from wrestling. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, that's that's a part of it. <laughs> the movie and... stops dead so we can just explain what cauliflower ear is. <laughs> Good movie. All right. Uh, one second. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, a note about the second one. The second one's about as good as the... F- Sorry. The second one is about as good as the first with one huge, huge flaw that made me take off several stars. At one point, Chuck Norris is in there. You're like, oh, Chuck Norris. He used to be badass. Then Chuck Norris tells a Chuck Norris joke. And it's the lamest <laughs> oh, shit. no. Dude, it is... He tells it straight face. He's looking directly at the char- at the camera and all the characters on screen laugh. And that was... It, I, it is one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, let me let me think. Is there uh, anything else to, to recommend about it? Uh, oh, I think the third one has uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey or something like that. Uh... You let us know, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Can't wait to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll, I'll uh, figure it out at some point. Uh, I, I might skip to the fourth one just because I, I set nope. my chips out a while no, ago. You can't do that. <laughs> I set my chips out a while ago that I'm an Iko Uwe's guy. I really like the guy, not just because of the raid. I think he's really talented. I hope that he becomes, like, a really big star. And yet all the contemporary reviews for Expendables 4 have been this movie sucks dog shit so <laughs> i uh, i'll have to wait for this one to come out on streaming yeah man you definitely gotta skip three to get to that one <laughs> yeah like all we do is sit here every week and talk about movies 
And for like two months, I'd walk up to my theater, I'd see the poster, and be like, "That's not coming out. That's not real." <laughs> and then I'd just see like, "Expendables 4 opens to like a million dollars." I'm like, "What the fuck? That's real?" Like, <laughs> no, how? Why? Also, I'm kind of mad because in the so trailer, Iko always is the bad guy. I'm like, ah, I've seen him as a bad guy. Make him the good guy again. That'll be fun. It's not going to be fun. Speaking of things getting bad reviews, uh, apparently The Exorcist is really bad. Did either of you watch it? No. Oh, you fucking kidding me? Why would I watch that? I'm kind of curious. I kind of want to do it just for, I've like, talk out of the podcast. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you're the content wizard. You do what needs to be done. It'll be on the list eventually anyway. No, it won't. Anyway, uh, what, what else is on here? Oh, uh, Tim Wakefield died, so I watched The Town. This is uh, one of the ones... <laughs> this is one of the ones where you... <laughs> I was going to let it lay. I, I, was I, I, it. I did that just for you. I was hoping, don't let it lay. Don't let it lay. And then, of course... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mentioned a while ago that I had never actually. Seen... I can't. I can't make a joke about him pitching so slow. If he could do it with a good movie, damn it. Uh, what else am I gonna do? That was the thing I mentioned a while ago. I had never seen the town, and you're like, "How have you not seen the town?" I thought it was part of your heritage. Well, you were right. It actually is part of our heritage. I should have watched this a while ago. Correct. The town fucks. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really really good. Like the whole time I was watching, I'm like, "Why am I feeling civic pride?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> When fucking and I'm sure that we've made this point multiple times on the show before. But when Jeremy Redder's sitting behind that thing, like getting ready to die, and he finds that soda on the ground and starts drinking it, I, it's like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I mean that so good. That's Boston right there. <laughs> uh, that movie made me completely flip on Renner. I went from hating Renner and everything I've ever seen him in to go, maybe this guy's not so bad. Yeah, that's the thing, is like he is uh I don't think I've hated him in, in anything particularly. But yeah he's that's, that's true. I don't have strong enough feelings. Right, exactly. Obviously he's very good in this movie. He got nominated for an Academy Award. Uh Brad Pitt, very good in this. I, I think he did some other stuff on the movie, he may have directed it or something. Uh this is based on a book that I've never read. Doesn't have any pictures. Uh, the lead actress, she's very good as well. Um, oh yeah, who's who's the place the flower guy? Pete Postlethwaite. What's he doing in Boston? Uh, I I really really like this movie. This is very well done. Uh, I care about these characters, which I, I didn't expect to do. Uh, this is uh, one of the best Boston movies. This is as good as the Boston uh, bombing movie. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we didn't have David Ortiz in this one. But uh, yeah, I, I like this one. <laughs> and now That's the metric. And now, Parker, uh, I have to apologize to you for the time that I assigned you beyond the black rainbow. Yeah, man. Man, <laughs> I now I understand you guys don't like Mandy as much as I do, and that is totally defensible. A lot of people don't like that for very good reasons. That is a very very slow movie, uh, and that's like putting it kind of nicely, but. The director, Penis Cosmopopotopoulos, uh, he once said that he makes movies based on a feeling that he had when he was a child. He would go to like the video rental place and he would go through the section, like the horror section, and he wasn't allowed to rent those movies because they were rated R. But he would like look at the covers and he would imagine what the movie was about based on that cover. And he's basically trying to recapture that feeling. I think Mandy does that perfectly that is a great idea of what would be an 80s horror movie just based on your imagination doing all that and that works on me and i have like this kind of uh attachment to nostalgia i think that comes through on the show 
Beyond the Black Rainbow apparently does as well. And if this is what he was imagining, this is the most boring kid I've ever fucking seen. This is the lamest thing. I The soundtrack is okay. Visuals are fine, I guess. I The story is so stupid. There's like a girl in captivity or something like that in like a science lab. But then she escapes and then some guy chases after her. You know what I was reminded of? I was reminded of the Neon Demon. So that's like... Uh, that's never a good that sign. That is absolutely never a good sign. This is slightly better because the music is mediocre. Other than that, uh, do not watch Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's got a great title, too. I think that's what bothers me the most. It's like, when you have a title like that, you should have like something decent happen. But no. He he makes me so mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> you watch this boring movie, it's like, bro, your dad made Cobra. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Alex, you weren't the only one who went to the theater to watch Stop Making Sense. God damn that movie. <laughs> it's so fucking great, man. It's, I I really love... Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but like my dad is a lifelong musician, so I've just been around a lot of like music. You know, I, I've watched bands set up and tear down a hundred times in my life. I've never seen a concert film that actually harnesses all the work and effort that goes into putting on a show before like that. And, I mean, I've, I've seen this before. Of course, the last time I saw it was on a laptop screen, and now I got to see that big <laughs> suit in IMAX, which is unbelievable. But, uh, the level of craftsmanship that's required to be an entertainer on that level is just, you know, you don't think about it. You know, even when you're watching live music, you're probably not thinking about it often. You're thinking about, oh, I know this song, or oh, like this part sounds good, or oh, what's that guitarist over there doing? The way this is shot is fucking breathtaking, and it really is a movie about showmanship. And I don't think we're ever going to see another movie that's like this in any fashion. And not just because nobody in the fucking audience has their cell phone out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was kind of thinking of that, like, this is so very clearly and obviously the best concert movie ever made that, like, I'm sorry to all the boomers and Scorsese fans, but, like, The Last Waltz isn't even close. <laughs> it's it's not even, like, worth making the comparison. Uh, the talent of musicianship here. I mean, they, these people, they're so great at so many different instruments. I have never seen this on a TV, and I don't think I want to. I think this is one I only want to see in theaters, just because the energy is incredible. Uh, I'd say a jerk of the week to the guy sitting next to me who sang along with the words uh, to some of the songs, but then, <laughs> That's then he stopped when he realized no one else was doing it. So, thank goodness. But of all the ones he had to sing uh, along to, Swamp, really? <laughs> <laughs> I will say I was singing along a little bit in my seat, but also I was the only person in the theater, so I can do whatever the oh, fuck yeah, I want. Absolutely. I can take it off my pants. I mean, I had a really good time. The first time I saw I think I mentioned, I had a bunch of people who were like uh, 30, 40 years older than I was, who were literally dancing in front of the screen. Like, they, they were just like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, this is our kind of movie. Let's, you know do this i'm like i'm not gonna stop them i'm glad they're having a great time it matches the energy here they don't dance as well as david byrne does but hey who does uh i love the the backing vocalists i love uh tina weymouth i i love bernie warrell i love uh everyone who's in this band i think it only would, would have been better if adrian Ballou had stayed with the band but even then he would have been superfluous but uh yeah i love stop making sense it is a very very good movie and now for one that i despised this is a critically acclaimed movie uh, called We Need to Talk About Kevin, 
<laughs> oh, buddy. I really strongly do not like this movie. A lot of people did. I, I'm not really sure why. The basic idea here is there is a school shooting. And then from there, it's kind of told in like flashback of how the mother raised the school shooter. The school shooter is played by a teenage Ezra Miller. So already I'm in high spirits. And his parents are Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley. Picture those faces. Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley, they do the DNA dance and they make Ezra Miller. Alright, yeah, sure. I don't not? believe that for a split second. Anyway. I have an I have a limit with unpleasantness, you know? There's only so much that I can take before I say, okay, this movie just fucking sucks, you know? I'm just not having a good time watching this and I'm getting pissed off while watching it. I reached that with Human Centipede, Saw, Hostel, shit like that. And this is the same thing. Just you watched like five of the Saw movies. <laughs> I did not. I only watched three. That's completely different. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> I think I've watched fewer Saw movies than you have. Anyway. Uh, no shit. <laughs> well, now, yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. I. It doesn't have any gore. It's not a torture porn movie in the slightest. But... The character of Kevin is just so unpleasant from the very moment that he is born. And I would say he's almost supernaturally unpleasant, and I don't think that was the intention. And there are certain moments in the movie in which, uh, as Tillsman is raising this kid, that Kevin has access to information and knowledge that he shouldn't otherwise have access to. And... It feels like a Damien situation. It feels like a Rosemary's Baby situation. This guy is a spawn of Satan. Something went horribly wrong in his conception. I, from the very moment he's born, he's screaming. And uh, Tilda Swinton seems to think that he's being uh, an annoying child just to personally victimize her, you know, just because she didn't want to be a mother, you know. But she really does try very hard to raise him. But, like, he won't get, he won't be potty trained for, like, you know, years until at one point she kind of snaps and, uh, and kind of shoves him against the wall and hurts his arm. And then from then on, he suddenly knows how to do it. Uh, he's he's really good at math when he's trying to like tutor her, but he shouldn't be. It doesn't make any sense. And he just does these horrible, horrible things. And the whole time you're watching, you're just thinking, she should just kill him. She should just like fucking snap his neck. I don't want this character around. Just get rid of him, please. Uh, I guess this movie does raise an interesting question are we obligated to love our children? And in the past, I would have said, that's an evil question. Of course we're supposed to love our children. But after watching this, I'd be like, well, not that one. Just kill him. There's nothing good about this movie. I I, and I kept trying to like see what people liked about it. It's like, yes, it raises many interesting questions about you know school shooters and stuff. It does no such thing. It doesn't raise a question about him. I mean, his mother loved him. He tried really hard. I guess they're trying to make like an Eric Harris thing where he was just always evil the entire time. But I'm not even sure about that. This is another one where it's based on a book uh, by a woman and uh, a British woman writing about American school shooters. Ugh. And uh, yeah, because they know everything. I did not read the book, but I read the Wikipedia. And apparently there are a few differences in there that I think might have made this narrative a little bit stronger. Uh, that being said, if it's anything like this movie, I don't think I want to read that book. I don't want to. The whole time I was watching, it, I was like, I just want to get away from this fucking universe i don't like these characters i don't want to be around them my mark of a scary movie is if i once i turn it off and i go to bed if i have nightmares about it 
that's a scary movie. This one, I didn't have nightmares. I couldn't go to sleep because I was so mad about watching it. So this immediately jumps to the top of one of the most unpleasant movies I've ever had to watch. And I uh, had to. I like how you talk about horror movies like Shane Gillis talks about his dad just watching Fox News until he can. He's like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, one more down on the list. So the next one that I watched. <laughs> That's on the list? Why is that on the list? That's a good question. I don't find the scary in the slightest. Uh, I think the- I'm just getting mad <laughs> thinking about a British person be like, here's what's wrong with your school shooters, like, motherfucker. That's- oh, oh, hey, buddy, why do you think gone. I hated I three I, billboards? I, I guess I didn't say this here. Uh, he doesn't use a gun in his school shooting. He uses a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back in. I'm back in. Oh, yeah, have a good time. Uh <laughs> they, they know that so. is the most British thing I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, I, I do not like it. And he killed all of his fellow classmates with a really big flashlight. <laughs> <Sick>. <laughs> Fucking morons. Well, I I think the only thing I liked about this is the whole time he's so fucking smug, he's so fucking evil. But then at the very end, he's going to be transferred from juvie to big boy prison. And the look on his face is like he's more demure. He's he's timid. He is afraid. And his mom's like, "Aren't you excited? You got to go to big boy prison." And he's like, "You don't really know what they do there, do you?" And I was like, "Good. I hope he has a long life filled with torture and horror and pain and uh, regret." But I I don't know if it even fits the character, what they're trying to do, or whether they're trying to get across. I think this is a bad movie. I, I really do. I think this is very badly made. And uh, to all the people who like this out there. Everyone's got their own taste. Don't talk to me. So you don't have to be nice to them. Just call them stupid. I'm gonna do it in a couple movies. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, an- another one that I watched. I'm so excited to hear about your take about a a horror movie based off a book. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Well, I, I got I got another horror movie. This actually harkens back to when I was working at the theater. Um, this is called Final Destination Five. So, I watched... Wait, did you watch the first four to prepare for it? No, I only watched the first three to prepare for it, because the fourth one's not on the list. I'm good. (laughs) Gonna spend forever looking for Final Destination (laughs) 4. So anyway, I... Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Four is actually not at all part of the context for five. Uh, Alex, are you familiar with Final Destination 5? I am familiar with the concept of all of these movies. I've seen each of these trailers approximately many times each. I've never watched one. Wait, you've never watched any of the Final Destination movies? Any of them. I thought we did an episode on them. <laughs> Whoops, maybe not. I was thinking of something else. My bad. Might have been hey. the two of you if you did. Well, but... Let me know the time and place, buddy. Yeah. Be no, 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 no. Especially the first one, because no. that's Stifler. I, well... <laughs> oh, now we're talking. See, that's the thing. You're like, oh, yeah, maybe we did do one. Now, my thing about uh, the Final Destination movies that I don't like very much is... It, it kind of is also the way I feel about like Saw and Hostel and stuff like that is... There's this feeling of inevitability that I don't like. These characters cannot possibly get out of their situation. Like, and you may say to yourself, "What?" But the movie starts with them getting out of their situation. Yeah, but then it's just like they're stuck in these like stupid Rube Goldberg death traps. And for the first three movies, which are on the list, it's not very suspenseful. It's just like okay, and then the roller coaster is going to crash, and like, and it's really, really bloody and gory, and. A lot of people really like these. They go just for that, and I don't see the appeal in that sort of thing. I also don't like the characters very much, but, you know. Except for Tony Todd. Tony Todd shows up to do... uh, He does Jack Sparrow hands every once in a while. 
this movie, I'm going to give away the stunning twist for Final Destination 5. It's actually a prequel to the first movie. I'm I'm doing like I, I'm doing a voice like oh you know that's actually kind of lame. Actually, this twist is kind of well done. Uh, they really don't reveal it until the very end. And as you're thinking back to the movie, you're just like, oh my god, that actually really makes sense. Like the technology that they were using, there was like a picture that would. Some of the conversations kind of like set them in a time that would have been right before the first movie, and uh, I actually thought that was kind of clever. I don't know if it was clever to have David Kochner in here playing a straight role. That was um, certainly a choice. Uh, who else is in this? Anyone else of worth? No. Uh, the kills are about as gory as ever. Uh, Parker, I did pick up kind of a subtle sign that this came out uh, in 2011. This is right around the time that 3D was pretty popular. There are a couple shots in here that look like they were made for 3D. <laughs> sparsely used is that what I would say. <laughs> these are a deft touch. These are some, <laughs> these are some of the most embarrassing special effects I've ever seen, and yet I kind of liked them. I, I kind of thought it was like you know what I can tell that they're doing this on a budget. I think they know this is going to be the last one, and uh, I kind of I kind of had a little bit of affection for it because uh, they had to be a bit more creative with uh, what they were doing. Additionally, and I mentioned this uh, to you, Parker, off, off mic, there's actually plenty of suspense in these death traps because uh, this is, for example, the one with the, uh, the gymnast death. I thought that was going to go 20 different ways in the way that it did. And I'm not saying I was satisfied with the way that it turned out because the only way I would have been satisfied is if uh, these characters had survived till the very end. I think that's the way you shake up a series. But for all the effort that they put into at least that scene, I'd be like, okay, you led me astray, and I, I think that's kind of neat. Uh, I don't like any of the characters. Uh, what else? Uh, I, when I was working in the theater, and I would do theater checks, this was at Regal. This was not at the Alamo. At the Regal, I'd walk in there, and people were like stone silent slack-jawed. And not like scared silent, you know? They were just kind of bored, I think. And this was just something to do. Like a perfunctory date, or like uh, just get some air conditioning on a hot day. And I don't understand how you go here for fun. And they weren't having fun. They weren't, like, screaming at the scares or laughing at the jokes, which were funny, to be fair. And they weren't even gasping at the twist. They were just like, well, it's over now. We can leave. Uh, even, like, the end credits trying to get people jazzed up by playing, like, the most famous kills from all these movies while ACDC's If You Want Blood, You Got It plays. People are just, like, standing up and leaving. They don't care. And... I was kind of thinking about, like, were movies during that era... Maybe it wasn't movies, okay? Maybe it's not the... I'm not trying to, like, judge the art. Maybe it was the culture around the art. It kind of felt like that was the attitude towards it. It was like, movies are just something to do. It's like, okay, I'll get up, I'll go to the theater now to watch Inception or Avatar or something. And I I don't think our culture is like that now. I think that's a positive for movie-going culture. And I could be wrong, I guess. I don't know. But, uh... I think like stuff like Barbenheimer is just like no movies are something to be celebrated. This is cool, you know. Uh, and it didn't seem like Final Destination Five was like that. Anyway, sorry Parker, I don't like it quite as much as you do, but it is my favorite of a very bad series. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, now here's what I mean. Yeah, no, no, you ahead. could do a lot worse as you no, as you've yeah. noticed. You could do a lot, lot, lot worse. Yeah. Also, I had <laughs> there's something to be said for a formula. It's like I'm going to put this on, and for 90 minutes I'm going to watch. 
this super elaborate Rube Goldberg machine kill these annoying fucking people who I don't like. And I get a check out of it. Uh, unfortunately, I did have to I did have to remove a star because it denigrated the noble science of LASIK eye surgery. So naughty, naughty. Uh, and th- here's a here's one that's on the list, and I actually liked it. Uh, this is uh, a horror, but Parker. It's got a little bit of comedy mm-hmm. in there as well. Oh, good. Those always work. Yeah, this is actually... No, I actually like this one. This is called Warm Bodies, and it stars Nicholas Holt, who's uh, been in a bunch of stuff. He plays a zombie who can talk, and uh, he falls in love with a living girl. And it's like a cute little romance going on between them, kind of like a Romeo and Juliet sort of thing. It's by Shakespeare. Don't look it up. Anyway, uh, for you know, the jokes aren't really well written, but Holt actually delivers them fairly well in... I like the characters. They're a cute couple. As I said, uh, much like The Miz and his wife, uh, these two have a chemistry that, you know, can't be knocked out. So one of the better zombie movies that I've seen. Warm Bodies, I actually recommend to everyone. I feel like, so it came out in 2013. I feel like if this had come out like a few years earlier and I had seen it like when I was like just starting off college or like uh, maybe late in high school, I probably would have really loved it. But as of now, I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty cute, you know? I, I recommend it to both of you. You should watch it with uh, your girlfriends. Uh, have a good time there. Uh, and next one I watched was uh, a documentary called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Alex recommended this to me and was very surprised I hadn't seen it. Uh, hey, it's great. I have nothing bad to say about this. Yeah, I was going to say, about time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, man, I, I kind of want to go eat at this restaurant. I kind of want to spend $10,000 to eat like two pieces of sushi and then get chewed out. <laughs> Uh, reserve it like three years in advance or whatever uh i did like that the documentary has a twist so it's a it's the only restaurant the only sushi restaurant that has three michelin stars which is like impossible to get and turns out jiro never actually served the michelin raiders it was his son i was like oh that's so cool anyway they lost their michelin ratings because now they're part of like a private hotel chain or something like that i don't know uh I will say his son's aged really well. He's like, yeah, I'm in my 60s. I really hope I get my own restaurant soon. Dad, who's 85 and hasn't fucking died yet. But, you know, I, I, I also like the fact that he cares about sushi and that's it. That is the only thing that he likes. He hates taking vacations because he's not working. Some people in like the comments are like, oh, he's actually really bad because he's an absent father and uh, he doesn't. He cares too much about working. I'm like, Boy, I wish you didn't watch this movie. I will say, by the way, uh, Alex, you did have a note. Uh, there are a few people who are like, uh, he's sexist because he serves smaller por- slightly uh, smaller portions to the women. In the movie, the women who get served the smaller portions say sugoi, which based on my knowledge of Japanese means, brother, your dick is so big. So obviously they're <laughs> happy. <laughs> Anyway, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, good movie. Uh, what else did I watch here? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> well, now you have to. Yeah, you got to it, it'll, it'll be brief, because... Uh, remember how much we liked The Toxic Avenger? What a great movie that is. I think I'm out on trauma, dude. <laughs> I don't think I like Yeah, it. no shit. Dude. <laughs> I couldn't told you that. I... Well, the, the thing is, like, I, I heard about Toxic Avenger. I was like, wow, this is really good. If you keep up that kind of attitude for everything that you do, you know, maybe those movies will be good, too. Wrong. I 
I don't. Did you ever wonder why you've only heard of the Toxic Adventure? No. Well, I went to like the Wikipedia and like, oh, also Class of Nukem High. My first thought is, uh, and uh, the other movie on the list was, and I talked about this was Night of the Chicken Dead, which has some of the most racist jokes <laughs> I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> I don't like thinking about that. Now, one. What's the What's the bad one? I don't understand. No. Oh, so <laughs> somehow. Not quite as bad as Night of the Chicken Dead, but almost as bad was Father's Day. The uh, basic idea here is there's someone who's going around killing all the bad dads. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Does he also have a code? <laughs> no, he has a he has a, like a really bad widow speak. Uh, is there anyone in this? No. Um, the plot is kind of... Inco- it's a trauma movie, so no. Oh, well, no, it's a trauma movie, so it has Lloyd Kaufman. What a surprise. Wow, how'd how they get him? <laughs> he kind of, kind of forced his way on set. Uh, he's stupid and annoying, uh, and I don't like him. Father's Day is like... It starts off... I actually kind of like the first, like, seven minutes of this, because it has really cool, like, 80s music, and it feels like it's going to be sort of like a grindhouse exploitation sort of thing. And then the whole movie kind of plays out, and it's stupid and incomprehensible. It's overly violent and, and really shitty and dumb, and it's so low budget. And people are like, yeah, like, Hobo with a, what was it, Hobo with a Shotgun or something? I don't even fucking remember that movie. So, yeah, don't watch Father's Day. That's on the list. Check a Rooney. And now a movie that also fucking pissed me off. Here's one for you. This is... Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I got to check, so it's okay. That's what happens when we go a week without recording. Right, I know, yeah. <laughs> I just sit there, and sit another his, thing. I, <laughs> just watch a bunch of shit that makes them mad. You know what's interesting? You know, like, it's like, oh, I was on vacation. You know, I, I was actually going through something. I was like, there's a whole lot of like love it or hate it's on here. Uh, and this one's a real hate. Um, remember how much I liked the first Wreck movie? The, you know, as in recording. Uh I, I thought, man, this is really good. This is one of the best found footage movies I've ever seen. This is one of the best Spanish movies I've ever seen. One of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. This is great. This is like a revolution. People should take note. And then America took note and made Quarantine, which is uh, very, very bad. <laughs> I, I don't like Quarantine. Now, they made a Quarantine 2, but that's not on the list. It's not even connected to the series, so I didn't watch it. Then they made Wreck Squared. I watched Wreck Squared, and I didn't like it very much. I thought it was kind of stupid. I, they they got, like, supernatural with it or something. Like, oh, zombies are already supernatural. But I was like, I thought they were doing, like, a chemical thing. Because, like, they said that it came from a disease from a dog, right? And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But once he started saying, oh, yeah, someone... It's never acted like this before. Yeah, they were saying someone's like, oh, <laughs> someone uh, disturbed the grave of the virgin mother or something. Like, I didn't even know she had a grave. So that was all stupid, and it was dumb, and I hated it. And then they made Wreck Cubed Genesis. I don't know. <laughs> I, Say it's a prequel. Tell me it's a prequel. I don't think it is. I think it's a sidequel. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. My favorite. So that's why I don't think Genesis Do you actually remember this it? movie you wish you were watching? Yeah. Well, this was also happening. So here's the cool. thing. Uh, everyone knows the thing about Wreck is it's all in the first person perspective of someone who's holding a camera, right? And I mean, that's what makes it cool and original, unique. Remember that little web... I actually really like this little webcomic of like a guy saying, I made this cool thing. It's like kind of wobbly or whatever. And he gives it a person and he's like, oh, wow, cool. But let's take off all the uh, interesting stuff and make it look like everything else. And the guy who made it says, oh, no. This is Wreck Cube Genesis. The first 15, 20 minutes of this are 
uh, a guy shooting a, a wedding in Spain. And uh, then zombie stuff starts happening, and a character literally slaps the camera out of the guy's hands, and for the next hour, the movie is shot just like every other movie you've ever seen. It takes the one unique selling point about Wreck and literally slaps it out of your hands. That just made me so angry for no reason. Oh, Parker, let <laughs> I don't me... Know why. Well, okay, I'll, can I, let me try to get you back in here. There's quips. Oh, good. <laughs> you know what I love is reading quips in the not their native language. They always translate. You know, you know. Uh, here, here's one for you. There's a guy. Alex is going to laugh at this one. I guarantee it. Uh, there is a character who's like dressed up as something, and uh, at the wedding, I guess to entertain the kids, and um, he's kind of he looks like a big round block of Swiss cheese, but with a tie, <clears throat> and I'm like. What the fuck is he? And the cameraman at one point says, what the fuck are you? And the, the guy says, Miyamo Sponge John. Uh, because they couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> you were right. <laughs> you were 100%. Because they couldn't get the rights to SpongeBob. So he's absolutely not SpongeBob. He is Sponge John, not that other character. They repeat this joke like seven times. So... There's a lot of jokes about like copyrights and stuff. This is, you know, what really bothers me. This is written and directed by the same guy who made the first two Wreck movies. So this was his idea. This is he was just like, yeah, this is what the series needs. We really need to shake it up. You know, we need to change stuff around. We need to make it look like everything else you've ever seen. So I uh, must have been like, hey, I have an idea for a movie. Yeah, you want to make another one of those? Uh, not really. You're gonna make another one of those. <laughs> okay. Huh? Yeah, I uh, imagine. I don't know what the Spanish movie market's like. Maybe getting funding is a little difficult. Well, let me tell. Like, I like to make a movie. Yeah, but you're, it's gonna be a wreck movie. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what the Spanish movie market's like. Uh, the lead actress of this uh, of Wreck Cube Genesis, she was in a previous movie. She played uh, the same role as the woman in Wreck, but she wasn't in Wreck. She was in a parody movie called Spanish Movie. Like date movie, like epic Fuck movie. I, that's a real I'm fucking talking. movie, okay. dude. That's a real fucking okay. thing. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Is it on the yeah. list? I'm no. gonna pencil that in. <laughs> oh my god! No. I, actually, I, kind look, of. This is oh my god! Can we long. can we watch it with Paco? <laughs> <laughs> actually, Parker. No, not Spanish movies. A movie. Called yeah, Spanish just. <laughs> is just like I don't know what you're saying, Parker. Uh, I really want to see what this parody. I'm very sorry. I have to take. I, well, one of them is is Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> so. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Boy, he's, right. Yeah. He's just that yeah. something. That's it, it. Looks just like fucking epic movie. Parker, I was kind of wondering. Um, since you live in Texas, uh, is uh, mm-hmm. are you guys required to learn Spanish? Kind of like the Canadians are forced to learn uh, French just because of Quebec. Oh, I mean. We had the option of Spanish and French, but obviously most people take Spanish. So, cause, are, you know. are, are you like good at Spanish? I guess is what I'm wondering. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would. Let me just ask you a question. Hey, are you good at thing from high school? No. <laughs> I was playing Halo. I don't remember any of it. All right. Next up is a calculus question. Uh, because I watched a movie that Parker also watched, and I liked it a little bit more than he did. This is called Safe, starring Jason Statham and... Uh, None of consequence. Oh my god, I have zero memory of that. But also, let me just interject super quick because I found the Wikipedia. 
Um, it features a cameo by Leslie Nielsen in the last film of his dream released during his lifetime. Okay, back to you. That's Check the out Spanish saddest movie. thing. I might watch that now. I bet I could get Josh to do it. He's he's a little bit closer to me now, and he loves Leslie Nielsen. I could have him visit, and we'll watch uh, we'll watch it on my laptop because my dad's TV sucks. Uh, and then we'll watch Encino, man. <laughs> and then we'll watch Encino, man. From the director of Un Hombre de Acción. Now we're fucking talking. Who's an Acción? Uh, anyway. Uh, For pooping silly. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Anyway, Safe, starring Jason Statham. This is where he has to take care of a little Chinese girl who uh, is a math prodigy. And she holds the numbers in her head to a safe combination for... Uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of money. Oh, James Hong is in this. How'd they get <laughs> Anyway, uh, Safe is... I, I was kind of surprised by how much I like this. I thought the action was really well done. I thought the camera work was great. There are some really stupid moments. I'm not going to pretend like there aren't. And uh, the actress isn't quite as good as she needs to be. I was thinking of the... Uh, remember the little girl from uh, Rush Hour? How she was like kind of good? This one is uh, not very good. But Jason Statham is actually... I actually really liked him in this. In fact, there was an emotional moment towards the beginning of the movie. He's like a, a prize fighter uh, for like MMA shit, and he's too good. He kills people in one punch or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, the mob was betting on him to take a dive in the second, but unfortunately, he just touched a guy one time and boom, put him in the hospital. And so the mob goes to his house, they kill his wife, and they tell him, we're not going to kill you. We're going to kill everyone you talk to anyone you're friends with if you're not moved out by tomorrow we're killing your landlord so he's going to be all alone in the world at one point he's in a homeless shelter because he can't live anywhere and there's a guy next to him who has the most beat up scuffed up uh rotten feet you've ever seen and and jason's name was like all right and gives him his shoes that guy wakes up the next morning with an italian haircut and you know that no matter where he goes or what he does or what he says he will be alone and that's a sad life and uh emotionally it kind of worked on me and the last one i promise <laughs> you're sitting there watching the thousand horror movies like i also understand just being alone all the time <laughs> <laughs> not funny i thought it was real fucked up that uh, jason mayhem miller told him to take a dive but he ended up knocking out the bully instead <laughs> well, of one punch <laughs> I, it's important to understand that once i get everything on this list checked off then i get the women so, in service of that... You did that last year. <laughs> we did this already. But then they updated... No, no, let him cook. Let him cook. But it, then they updated the list. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, this is... Yeah, okay. The, the, the honeys knew that the list update was coming. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. so anyway... Uh, We're going to kill everyone you've ever talked to, okay? Everyone you've ever loved. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, in order to finish off... I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm pretty close now. Uh, Prometheus was on the list. So, I uh, took a stroll down uh, memory lane with old Ridley Scott, and this is a movie that people have very strong opinions about. I don't really care too much about people's opinions about this movie, uh, especially because mine comes kind of down the middle. I think, visually, it's uh, very impressive. I really like the special effects. I like the art design. Uh, everyone's lit really well. That's all great. And story-wise, I think it's kind of interesting. I like the idea of the big question and, you know, where did we all come from? And, and stuff is still unresolved at the end of the movie, but that's part of the fun is you have to sort of figure things out in your head. Why did this happen this way? And yet my whole thought was, 
I would never ever rewatch this. I have no desire to revisit this. Uh, the kills are actually pretty scary. I will say that uh, the the one with like uh, the one guy like the acid gets uh, hit on his like face shield or whatever and it melts into his face. It fucking got me. I'll tell you that much. But the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I really just don't care very much. I, I the act the acting's great. Um, and yet, as much as I like the idea of some of these questions. I don't know, maybe the, the action wasn't quite good enough. There's kind of a stupid moment in which they're running away from a very tall, skinny thing that's going to fall on them. They could just go out to the sides and they'd be fine, but they don't do that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really... I guess I don't really have any strong opinions. Uh, do you guys you guys see Prometheus? you think anything about it? I only saw it once fucking forever ago, but I remember... Well, I didn't, I didn't watch it at first because that was when I was deep in my... Uh, super annoying uh, watch every online annoying internet reviewer and be like yeah they're right movies are stupid so I didn't watch it for a couple years and then I watched it and I was surprised how much I liked it but god it's been at least like 7-8 years Yeah, uh, Alex did you see Prometheus? I've never seen it but I've also never seen the third Alien movie So you didn't see Alien Cubed? yeah I, I mean how do you yeah, expect I'm to sure finish the list? To me at some point. <laughs> uh, it's a great question but I don't know <laughs> I've really been slacking. Yeah, you know? he, it's hoping he doubled it. You gotta get your numbers up. <laughs> it's not bad enough, nor underrated enough to assign. Yeah, that's actually uh, true. I, no one hates that movie more than David Fincher. Yeah, <laughs> to this day, he had a really bad time movie. on that movie. He will tell you all about yeah. it. That man hates that movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really just not that interesting. I had to watch it for the list, and even then, I was like. Well, some interesting ideas here. I don't really care. I don't really care about Alien. I, that's one of those ones I know I need to refinish, uh, to rewatch uh, Alien and Aliens. Because the first time I watched it, I didn't really appreciate it. I was like, oh, I don't care. Uh, God, that's got to be in a theater this month, right? You know, I, I, I keep looking that. for it. I can't find it in a theater, so maybe I'm just shitting. Oh, wait, that's because Dizzy owes it now, and they don't fucking do that. Oh, God yeah, that, there's that too. <laughs> just got so irritated. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about Alien. But um I I actually you know the way I should have let this in. I, I want to say Prometheus is the is a prequel to Alien vs. Predator too. So uh people <laughs> like that. Yeah. Now there's a movie I've seen. Yeah, well <laughs> speaking of things you've seen, uh, Alex, what'd you watch? Alright, so refresh my memory here. Uh when I was in college jail, did you guys do an episode of Knock at the Cabin? We did. We did an episode uh, yeah, on Knock at the I think Cabin. we had, we pivoted like literally like last minute when you couldn't make it, and I just seen it that weekend. What'd you guys think about it? Oh, we didn't like it. <laughs> uh, someone who uh, had gotten halfway through the book and be like, "I'll get to this later," and then finally got to it later, like last month. Uh, I finally get to be the guy that's like, actually, the book is a lot better, <laughs> which is really fun for me. I'm really enjoying that. For I, me. I had a really good time watching it in theaters with Lady Alex because uh, we laughed really hard when the planes fell out of the sky. <laughs> the shittiest oh, God, that reminded me. That's the only thing I've ever seen that had the same plane effect as fucking Olympus has fallen. <laughs> like, it looks so shitty. It, you could just put in the fart noise for it. And the <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to be real. Like, I... I have a lot of problems with the premise of this movie because, like, if this is me, like, uh, yeah, the whole world's dying. Like, I'm just, I'm literally just, I'm just like, no, I don't care. You can show me irrefutable evidence that this is the end times. I don't give a shit. Like, you're, you're literally not getting me to do this. I'll, we'll just fucking start over. I don't care. Um, but setting that aside, this movie is for fucking idiots. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. And 
Look, I'm not trying to do the, oh, you know, I figured out what was going on in this movie thing, because, you know, it's an M. Night movie and everyone does that. I'm very good at turning that part of my brain off. Like, believe me, like, I'm not worried about that at all. And, you know, I don't even feel like, you know, this is that impressive, because this is a phrase that's on my mind constantly over the past couple months. But we're like 12 minutes into the movie, and I just go, oh, the Four Horsemen. Like, it's, I, I... I wasn't even thinking about it. It's like, well, this can't be anything else. Like, this is just, it's, you'd have to be a fucking idiot to not know that. What bothers me is that he says it explicitly in the third act. Because when he, as soon as he said it, like, Alex let out the loudest groan she has ever done. I think, honestly, I think at that point I actually said out loud, put the cancer back in me. I, my, one of the, one of my first thoughts after this movie ended was like, fuck, at least Mother tried to be subtle. Like, and if that's already the level that we're playing at, then, like, it's just, you just... Everything about this movie is either moronic or, like, flagrantly insulting. Like, I get that you're trying to, you know, create drama in the situation with the, is it real, is it not real? Again, I don't personally care. Maybe that works better on other people than it does on me. But it's like, oh... These four people, they they had dreams, and then they met on a message board and decided to come here. And also, one of the four guys is the guy that gay-bashed us. Like, fuck off, M. Night. Uh, seriously, fuck off. Like, I... It is well, interesting. Like, how bad news. Part of that's from the book. <laughs> yeah, that's... Sure. Yeah. But also, like, he made changes that are significantly and, worse. Yeah, apparently the ending and is, like, I, totally different. It's... Yeah. I, and, like, I'm not even saying, like, you know, oh, you just made these characters gay for, like, a cheap joke. Because it actually is important that these characters are gay. Yes. Because, again, you don't you, you don't have the option of them being like, all right, well, fuck it, we'll just repopulate the Earth. Like, you would with a heterosexual couple in this, in this scenario. And I think that is, like, that is interesting in its own right. Again, I haven't read the book, will not read the book, don't care. But uh, I don't know what's him and what's not. Holy fuck, man. So I, I'm watching this movie, and all these guys are like, all right, well, you got to kill somebody in your family, or else one of us is going to do a ritual suicide in front of me. And I'm just sitting there like, well, why are you doing that? Like, oh, well, you know, because we have to, because of the dreams. Yeah, but why are you doing that? Oh, you know, well, we had these dreams, so we have to do it. Just like, no, no. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're trying to fucking sit here and tell me that these people killing themselves is the thing that's unleashing the plague... Then like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you're you, there's nothing going on, so you're daring me to think about what I'm watching. Wait. And anytime you think about it for more than half a second, it's like this just gets stupider and stupider. I, I, I haven't yeah, I, I haven't seen. Remember, oh god, sorry, I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. I'm obviously not going to rewatch this, but uh, I I I thought the stated reason was we're doing we're going to kill ourselves to show just how serious we are. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what they said. It's like, oh, okay. We'll prove to you I, that well, we really care. mean it. <laughs> My big issue with the movie was uh, I needed a Goldilocks level of explanation. Because I don't need you to sit here and map out every single thing and what a, each death means and all that. But also, you have to give me something other than, hey, kill each other. No. All right. All right, Ron, you first. <laughs> okay, now seriously, kill yourself. No. All right, lady, you're next. Like, I need a little bit more. I don't need I don't need it spelled out for me like I'm a dumb piggy, which also I am. But this was not enough cuz you you're right, it just makes you think about it and you don't find any satisfying answers on your own. You know, it's interesting to me. Uh, Alex, I'd like to have your input on this one. Uh, 
Alex hated his performance. I thought it was fine. What do you think about Rupert Grint in this one? He's in the movie for like five minutes. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know why she harped on him being in there. I don't know. Uh, I I like when we saw he was in the movie, we were like, huh, that's funny. And then he dies at like the 18 minute mark. It's like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm out. sorry. I don't have a better answer than that. Yeah, but like, I, I don't think I have opinions on any of the performances I, I, in this movie. Yeah. There's nothing here. I, you know, that's the thing. Like, is the like, more you think about like how many times has this happened? Like, so it's this has happened successfully every single time what a thousand years ago when there's no global news you were able to just like talk someone into killing their family like what what, what are we doing i, I think the uh I don't like it. the the one that everyone likes to talk about is uh oh dave batiste is in this that's he's a pro wrestler but he's he's not slamming people through tables in this movie i'm like he's done he's done better work in like guardians of the galaxies you know like he, he does more subtle work in there, at least. This, I... I think my main takeaway for this movie is even M. Night at his worst, and I don't think this is M. Night at his worst. I think, like, The Happening is... Or, or Lady in the Water is really <laughs> M. Night at his worst. At least those movies all had something really memorable. Even at his dead worst, he had something that was memorable. In, and certainly M. Night at his best had stuff that was memorable. Knock of the Cabin, I'm not going to remember. I... I I'm trying really hard to remember stuff from there and every single time like a flash of a scene will come back I'll be like oh I don't care there's 45 minutes of this movie oh there's a gun in the car oh we gotta get to the car there's a gun in the car and then they get the gun and it doesn't matter like why did you waste my time with this like you want me to take you on a spoiler filled detour here (laughs) so like literally halfway through that book he gets to the car he gets the gun they get inside, a struggle breaks out, gun goes off, kills the kid, just shot right in the head. Which, uh, they're not gonna put in a movie going out to general audiences, but then that also ruins the entire everything, because at the end of the book, they decide, like, no, if that sacrifice isn't good enough for whatever's causing this, then, like, fuck that, we're not doing this, and they just decide just to go off together, and whatever happens, happens, instead of this movie, which is the corniest... (laughs) lamest shit I think I've ever seen in my life. It's so bad. The the fucking like I understand uh, people would be very upset to watch a child get shot in the face in their at least that's an interesting movie. movie. Yeah but at least like like, because they're like okay well someone died like no you had to make the choice and then shit keeps happening they just say no fuck it whatever god this is or whatever's doing this like no whatever if that's not good enough an innocent child dying for no reason then fuck it we're not sacrificing anyone and that's like a thing that makes you think for a second instead yeah. of that's yeah, infinitely better than song. what I watched. Yeah, so now I hate the movie even more than how I actually read the book. Oh, Parker, let me try to bring it back in. Maybe bring up something. Isn't it so awesome I get to do that for once, you yeah. guys? So <laughs> yeah, Parker, get used to that feeling. All you got to do is just keep reading books. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> now, Parker, let me try to bring it back. Tell this I, one location. Parker, I think there was something that you said you liked about it. You said you really liked how many times they played Boogie Shoes. Oh, dude, that's so good. I love... <laughs> You know I love bits, guys. Oh I've always God. loved bits. Yeah, I hate it when people like will play like a music track on a like a thing to like try to like do a substitute for humor or something. Hey, no, uh, Park- Felix sees me a twenty-one gun salute <laughs> for win. Hey, so Parker, does the uh, does the book have flashbacks? I mean, I think it references that. That's probably the guy that did that, but we don't get a. Def- Do we get a definitive? I think they find his actual ID, but. 
it like plays out with everyone in the group being like, yeah, we didn't fucking know. He gave us a fake name. Like, why does this matter? Like, People are still dying. Are you, are you asking? But that's just like furthers the. In the movie, it's pretty clear he was uh, the guy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, they do I'm, find the ID in the movie. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, no, there are not extended flashbacks. There's just. Oh, good. Yeah. What a relief. Because <laughs> my god. Hey, we're at dinner together. Did you know that we're a little bit different, but we're attracted to each other? Thanks for the scene. Fuck my yourselves. mom doesn't approve, but my mom does. Hey, that's awesome. There's stuff going on right now. I don't. I don't care about. I, this is. <clears throat> I. I think I gave this like one and a half stars, do, and I'm yeah. gonna go lower. Like it's. <laughs> this is. I, I. I hate this fucking movie. I don't hate this as much as I hate Split, but it's. It's in the next tier. This like, is. I, yeah. I, you know. I think we have maybe slightly different takes. I'm not saying that I liked it more than you did, but this didn't cause me physical anguish. So. It was just one of those things where I watched she apolo- it. And I, she apologized for putting this on. I, I, so. I, I did really feel like this was like, that was kind of a waste of time, really. <laughs> I, and Parker, I don't remember what the context was. I just remember you saying, it's called Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember wondering why, like, why isn't the author promoting a movie based off of his book by a Say what you want. That's a named director. And that man just never referenced it once. And then you see the movie, you're like, oh, they just took your core concept and then made it this stupid fucking earnest. Everything's going to be okay in the end. Like, suck my balls. I'd be mad too. Uh, I think that the message here is that love always wins, Parker. So I think we need more love in the world, not less. I agree. Also, like, only. I think one or two of them go through that fucking suicide ritual instead of having to watching it four times. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Just fuck. I should have read the book. Man. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Like halfway through, he gets that gun out of the car and things get real violent. He's like, this is boring. <laughs> it's, it's so cool that he gets the gun and she's just in the doorway of the car. I'm just sitting there like, okay, just shoot her. Just sh- What are you doing? Just fucking shoot her. Like, what are you doing? And then we don't. And then we go like, back in the house, and she kills herself two minutes later. It's like, all right, thanks. The whole second half Appreciate of the book it. is, like, them trying to parse through. It's like, imagine all of these conversations about you have to do this while one of them's holding their dead daughter. Like, yeah. These conversations are, like, a little more interesting when you have that weight on it instead of just... No, I said I'm not going to do it. But please. I have to... But then this stranger will have to die. Please don't make me kill this stranger I met online. It just takes any stakes out of it whatsoever i truly cannot care less all right well i'm sorry for making you guys relive that movie but uh no, that's fine. I, I had some well, things to get off my chest it. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I watched this like two and a half weeks ago and just completely forgot to talk about it last time we recorded probably for the best and i noticed that when i was on letterbox i'm like i just got mad all over again i'm like fuck we gotta we have some things to say uh anyway moving on um chris i watched bottoms oh um, let me say first things first, uh, and I apologize to the three people listening that are really, really horny for Rachel Senat. Uh, her mouth moves exactly the same way Trump's does, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. So, uh, sucks to be you guys. Uh, now that that's out of the way, pretty good movie. I enjoyed this. I'm glad you um, had a good time. Uh, so, I, I, like, I, I liked almost everything that was going on like it's enjoyable throughout there aren't really like lulls in the movie you're right that marshawn's hilarious in this movie uh <laughs> absolutely my favorite scene in the movie is when we get the smash cut to him teaching his shitty history class and he goes all right the holocaust it happens <laughs> yes. and the goth kid raises his hand and he just points at him and goes it happens <laughs> yes <laughs> it did <laughs> 
like that killed, dude. That killed my theater. That. <laughs> I was, it was unbelievable. I was that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I this is this is fun throughout. I like all the performances. Um, I have one major major issue with this movie that I couldn't really get past, and that's the fact that the movie that this is like most similar to to me is not another teen movie. Uh, just in the way that it's presented and, like, the the level of farce that is involved with it. But Not Another Teen Movie is a movie that came out parodying movies that were coming out at the same time as it. Like, what exactly is this movie, like, riffing off? It, nobody's made a movie like this for ten years. Uh, and I just kind of... I know that seems like such an arbitrary thing to say, but, like this doesn't feel like a 2023 movie beyond, like, some of the subject matter of the jokes. I just, I, it's like, who is who is in the target audience for this movie that has watched, like, American Pie and Van Wilder? Like, I, I, I it just, it, it felt, it's, it kind of stuck out to me. And, like, once I realized it, like, halfway through, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I don't know if you agree with that take or not, but... It just it, it it was like slightly off putting to me. Well, I've never seen not another teen movie. It's not on the list. So what the <laughs> fuck? All right, next week's episode. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I I saw one of the uh, the pre show things with uh, the the writers of the movie and the stars of the movie, and I don't know if they were consciously trying to riff on anything. This really seemed like they just got together for a couple of writing sessions and just tried to write down as many jokes as they could. And, you know, we'll see how many of these we can fit into a movie. And that's the impression that I got. It kind of feels like a shotgun approach to jokes, which I tend to really enjoy. Uh, there are some jokes in there that I think one of the things I like about it is they tell some jokes that feel almost mean-spirited in a way that's like oh you probably couldn't say that on twitter because you get canceled but uh i i like for example will the unattractive untalented lesbians please report to the principal's office that's really funny to me. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like the movie's funny don't get me oh, wrong yeah but we have the, we have this whole big build up with the football game with the rival school like i've seen that movie 30 times and no times in the last 10 years oh, you know wait parker like, is not another teen movie like spanish movie uh, you know, sure. it's, a, it's a little give and take. You know, they one borrows from the other. They both have Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> Do they Maybe. really? Good. I probably. I just made that I, up. But yeah. yeah, probably. We would have got Josh on I'm the episode. Oh, we can't have Josh on the episode after. No, uh, no, 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 not, no, no, not for that. Not for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fertile ground that we have. Yeah. Really. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, on on the note of teen movies, uh couple days later she put on Days and confused which i had never seen before now i'm really not a link later guy uh i feel like every link later movie is just the western version of slice of life anime um but uh i like I, that am i wrong no i i think i i think i, <laughs> I i'm kind of close to that there's uh, stuff of his that i love and stuff of his that i'm like how the fuck did you turn out this <laughs> I think that was, I, mean, yeah. I think I'm just talking I, about like, the I, remake of uh, Bad News Bears, though. So, yes, that was him. Yeah. I, I, wow. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I forgot that. Or Fruits Basket, the big one. Um. <laughs> so th this is a movie that came out when I was two, about a time period that I can't stand, and nothing happens in this movie, and yet I still loved it. 
So I don't know what that says because every indicator should suggest that I was bored to fucking tears with this. Like I was. But I think, yeah, it, that's. I remember you saying you didn't like this. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. First and first and foremost, I I really love the music in this. I feel like they picked the right songs for the time, which matters a lot. Um. I think that the reason that I like this movie is because there's a certain timeless quality to the way that the characters act and behave. Despite the fact that this movie takes place in 1976, the high school kids kind of act the way that high school kids act in a movie like Superbad. Like, it, it just, it feels... It feels kind of like the overarching message, if there is a message to this, is like, hey, the kids are alright, and they kind of always do the same shit. Like, even if you can't relate to some of the specific, you know, noteworthy events of the time period that come up in this one, like, it's a movie about kids being kids in a way that I think is really effective. Uh, I, like, I, I don't have a ton to say about it, because, again, this is a movie that functionally doesn't have a plot. I do love that the fucking jocks just chase those freshmen around for the whole movie trying to beat their ass with a paddle. Like, uh, I said this on Letterboxd, but as somebody whose uh, favorite episode, Hey Arnold, is the Garbage Day one, like, that did a whole lot for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. And also, like, an hour and ten minutes of the movie, she paused it and was like, do we have to finish this? And I was like, what? You're not enjoying this? And she's like, yeah, I'm not American. I don't understand it. Uh, I guess that's fair. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. We can turn it off. I'll, I'll watch the rest later. My bad. Yeah. Um, I think you're the youngest person I know who likes that movie. I, I just, it feels timeless to me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Like, again, this is, you, you were saying earlier how much you appreciate nostalgia in, in media. This is nostalgia for a time period that I obviously never experienced, mm -hmm. but I felt it was effective. Uh, not saying that it's going to change my opinions on Richard Linklater movies, because Boyhood is a flaming pile of dog shit, but, uh, you know, it's good that this movie that all the fucking Gen Xers like is, like, kind of watchable, I guess. Parker, have you seen it? No, I don't like Slice of Life anime. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, uh, next episode, the Fruits Basket movie. Uh, uh, which I'm one? busy. I'm going which out one? of town again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me get through a couple of uh, TV show episodes I had here. Start with Gold Rush Season 4, Episode 4. Now, uh, Parker, make sure to take notes on this for when you time travel back to Episode 3 for next week's episode. Doing so um, now. Okay, so here's what you need to know about Gold Rush Season 4. Uh, so we've got three crews that we jump between in the show. It's like, a, you know, 45 minutes per episode. Uh, the first crew is the Dakota Boys, who have been digging at their glory hole for the last three years. No, I will not elaborate. Uh, the second crew... We have Parker Schnabel's crew. Now, Parker Schnabel is 18 years old, spent his college money to go up and take over the mining operation of another guy in order to hit it big. This is in reading the, like a fan fiction. Uh, you'll hear plenty more about him later. Yeah, because he's like the main character of the show, basically, from this point forward. And then we have our third crew, Todd Hoffman's crew. Now, Todd Hoffman is a guy 
who lost all his fucking money in the 2008 recession, got all his fucking hick friends from Oregon, decided to go up and mine for gold. And for the first three seasons of Gold Rush, he just sucked copious ass at it. Like, literally the worst gold miner you could imagine. He's, like, starving these poor people that went up there chasing a dream. At the end of season three, they finally make money. They finally are able to pull some gold out of the Alaskan wilderness. You know, things are looking up for them. So what do they do in season four? They move their mining operation to South America. I vividly <laughs> remember the bits of this I watched. Okay, well, <laughs> now that you're caught up, let's go ahead and go through this. I'll, I'll go. I'll. It jumps between the crews, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about each one individually. So we have the Dakota boys. They've been digging a glory hole for three years. It's over a hundred feet deep. And it's got to be, you know, wide enough that they can fit, like, a backhoe and a loader down there. They, they bring in a special drill. They're just trying to hit the bedrock. Because if you hit the bedrock, that's where all the glory hole dirt is. That's where all the old gold just sits on top of it. Uh, so their entire arc is like, oh, we're so close. We're so close. We, we might get there. If we just dig a couple more feet past what's safe, we might get there. Oh, the backhoe slipped a track and there's rocks falling on it. Like, it's just a lot of that, which is, you know, it works. You know, these guys are clearly doing something that is wildly unsafe. And if they weren't, like, technically in Canada, they would probably have OSHA all over them. Uh, but, you know, you do what you have to do. You know, glory holes are a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I guess. Uh, Parker's crew, you see, he bought all of uh all of todd hoffman's old equipment when he decided to go to the jungle for no fucking reason so he's just got all this rundown shitty equipment and he's like i'm gonna run 1500 yards of dirt a week we're gonna make a bunch of gold it's gonna be awesome and then his boss tony beats shows up <laughs> i have a note on my phone from 2021 that just says tony beats <laughs> now if you're what that meant for so long if you're curious about what tony beats is like uh he has a very thick dutch accent and he looks exactly like gron's discord avatar because that is in fact tony beats <laughs> um uh he shows up and he's like kid you're not gonna fucking make it if you're only running 1500 yards of dirt a week you gotta run 3,000. So he's like, alright, I guess we gotta work double duty. So they try to work double duty on this, like, dog shit old fucking gold mining thing. I don't remember any of the gold mining terms, but after, like, three more episodes, I'll be an expert on this, so don't worry. Um, of course they can't, because the thing that they have is a piece of shit. So Parker's like, uh, it must be my loader operator's fault. Let me get my foreman, Gene Cheeseman, out here and have him have him run the loader and see what happens. And he's like, <laughs> Gene Cheeseman gets out of the loader. He's like, yeah, it's not your loader operator's fault. You got to buy this $10,000 piece of equipment to even have a hope of getting this much gold. So they do, because this guy's not a fucking idiot. He understands that the point of this is to mine gold. Unlike the biggest dumbass on earth, Todd Hoffman. So Todd Hoffman and his dad, who's like 80 and wears a Don't Tread on Me hat, and their crew of guys has gone down to South America and is trying to bring all their heavy machinery through the fucking monsoon mud. They keep getting stuck <laughs> over and over. They, they get to their first claim, and it's already been mined because nobody bothered to fucking check. So they start going to the next one, which is a couple miles away. However, they have to take all their shit a couple of miles through the fucking jungle. And it keeps getting stuck. Like, they're like, alright, we have everything set up. We have our 
We have our wash plant. We have this and that. We're ready to mine. We just need to get the water pump from the site two miles away. And so their whole episode is them trying to drive a dump truck through the jungle. Because <laughs> it just keeps getting stuck. And then they go like a couple more feet and they put some logs down and they get stuck again. The guy driving it's like, oh, jeez. Oh, god damn it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, they finally realize that they can basically pave the road with like some red fucking rocks that they like break up with the backhoe and just put in front of it so they they basically engineer a road in the jungle in order to get this thing there like a week late and they're finally set up and ready to mine some gold and todd and his dad come over and go hey guys uh, we're gonna go visit our family so you're on your own bye for a bit and all the crew members just looking at each other like are you fucking serious what is wrong with you we all miss our families too dickhead why are you leaving right now you've been fucking like driving us like slaves to try to get this thing done in impossible conditions and now you're just gonna dip out and he's like yep bye and uh that's how the episode ends so uh <laughs> can't wait to see who picks up the football for me here and we learn more about gold mining god i'm excited to go back in time <laughs> Because <laughs> I found in my old notes, <laughs> like, oh yeah, our guide took us through here, and then five minutes later, it's like, our guide has malaria and he's fighting for his life in the hospital. <laughs> it is an incredible show. Uh, what, I'm so excited. What is not as an incredible show is Ooh. The Purge. Um, so I watched episode three of The Purge. Uh, let me tell you, there is a lot more bureaucracy and people talking in boardrooms in the show than there has any right to be. So, the whole season takes place on Purge Night, like a fucking episode of 24. There's no clock running, although there should be, because that would be way better. Uh, And we have basically three plots going. Uh, The first plot, there's this guy who's like a former Marine. Uh, Him and his sister were children on the night of the first Purge and watched their parents get killed. And now his sister is in a doomsday cult and about to get murdered by some guys in nun masks. So he's like, he's doing, you know, special ops things trying to get her back. The other two plots are this really annoying couple trying to close a business deal. And some lady in a boardroom who was trying to close a completely different business deal with all of her staff in a fucking building. Because they have to work late on purge night because, I don't know, you figure it out. You think they might be able to plan around these things. Uh, that whole fucking episode is the lady's just like has a look on her face like she has has to take a shit the whole time uh, which is how we're supposed to tell that something's wrong that we don't know about yet because I guess that's going to be revealed later and like two of her underlings are just like oh yeah we worked so hard on this I wonder which of us is going to get the promotion and they're kind of like flirty back and forth the whole time and then near the end of the episode she like goes out in the hallway and hears what sounds like sex noise and goes in and one of them's just stabbing the other one in the, in the neck with scissors because uh you know people are bad uh this says a lot about society uh the third plot is this annoying fucking couple they're closing in on some business deal where they're like we can use some of this money to help people and the other guy's like i don't care as long as i make money hey to celebrate why don't we execute this guy uh yeah you know turns out killing is uh is not good uh this the show has a lot to say uh glad i wasn't listening because uh it's not not very interesting let me tell you that much i can't wait to get assigned this again at some point in the future maybe things will pick up by then it would almost have to it's it's just so funny that like 
the background of this show is just like people in masks chasing each other with machetes while like oh i'm so sad i'm worried about my sister is happening in the foreground it's like man can you just take the camera and point it over there i want to see this fucking taxi driver get grenades shot at his feet again that seems way cooler but the human drama is what you show up for I feel like the people that make The Purge don't know what makes The Purge good. Uh, nothing makes The Purge good. The Purge sucks. <laughs> Correct. But there's enough there that it could be good. It there's like a kernel of an idea. It can suck in different ways, Chris. Like, Parker yeah. and I have talked about this before, but, like, the basic thing that could be cool about The Purge is, like, make it like a dark comedy. It's like, anything is legal? And, you, like, you, like, of course you go right to fucking murder, which is lame. But, like, anything is legal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's only, only murder, murder, too. There should be a guy just walking <laughs> down the street jacking off for eight straight hours. That's, like, if, I know if The Purge were real, I know exactly Watch what Tracy I would Lord's do on night. I would go down the street. <laughs> I would. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I understood oh, these jokes. Oh, you really don't want to know. It's. No, you're I. I definitely wish I did not understand <laughs> these jokes. Uh, no, I. I would. I would take a baseball bat. I would walk down the street. I would smash the fucking speed trap yes. camera that's on Georgia Avenue, that, which is a which is a six lane road with a speed limit of thirty, which gets me every time I go past it at two in the morning because there are no cars on the road and it's basically a fucking highway. Uh, I would beat that thing to a fucking pulp and then I would go home and play video games. That's all the crime I, I need. But what if you were just able to murder someone? Yeah, because... Oh, boy. Because that's, that's what America what really wanted. needs. Because people are just so primal. They need to get it out of their system, and then the economy will get better. Man. <laughs> I don't think I have the first movie logged on Letterboxd for yeah, some reason. It's... I should fucking write something about that. Well, we gotta watch, you got to watch yeah. 1, no, 2, 3, and no. then 5. Dick. <laughs> not funny. I, I do. I do love the lore nugget that the purge initially started on Staten Island. Dude, uh, there was there's one in the first movie where um, there there's a brief shot like it. I, I think it was uh, the first song is uh, uh, what was it? Uh, People get ready by the impressions or whatever, which is like that was like a revolutionary song for the civil rights movement. They're doing it for, like, a bunch of people just murdering each other. One of the shots is, like, uh, a warehouse uh, security video of Warren, Rhode Island. Yeah, people murder each other in fucking Warren. Are you fucking out of your mind? Stupid as shit. <laughs> you, you know what bothers me? You know what bothers uh, me yeah, about the, the so, Birch uh, TV show? Is I thought that you would assign me the Birch TV show. I was thinking of that American Horror Story thing where Trump got elected. I won't believe unless Rachel Maddow says it. I thought that was a purge. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. If those people That's had gotten killed bad. by like mask wearing yeah. purgers, I would have been like, all right, maybe this maybe this is a really good idea. Fucking bring back that. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidest shit I ever saw. <laughs> Should have gasping in horror as a guy slowly puts on a MAGA hat. <laughs> uh I've uh I've got a couple horror what? movies to talk about now. You know, a little, little bit no. of it, interactive <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, at, 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 Chris, you're a millennial. You know what season it is right now, right? Yeah. No. Say it. <laughs> Say it. I'm not going to. Say it. Bring back gatekeeping, please. Uh, I did something that I 
didn't think that I was going to regret based on the two of your letterbox uh, scores for it. Uh, we were looking for something to watch. I stopped on Taurus Trap for a second. She looked at me and said, but it's from 1979. And I looked at the reviews and they were fine. And I was like, you know what? That's close enough to the 80s. It's probably fine. Turns out it was not fine. That movie is boring as fucking sin. What is wrong with you two? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. which movie was this again? There's a three and no, a three no, and a half. What's, what's the name of the movie? I don't remember I didn't hear the name of the movie. I three? Oh, Taurus Trap. Taurus Trap. I don't remember Taurus Trap. Let me look that up. Taurus Trap. 1979. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I know. Yeah, I don't remember. I guess I. I guess my thing was. Uh, it's. Been, <laughs> you have to understand. After watching as many horror movies as I did, I think my standards kind of decreased a bit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's what I figured. I, I don't um, remember this because uh, yeah, look. Also, a three and a half for me on a yeah, a three and a half for me on a horror movie from the seventies means basically functional. I've seen way worse than this. Yeah, I uh, I'll keep that in mind next time I go to my sources on horror movies to um, know whether I'm I should sorry. hit play on something. I, I, I don't remember uh, Taurus Trap. Uh, Let the record show my profile yeah. is not showing a star. That, ah, all right. well, he's got you there. Three stars. <laughs> he's right. boring as piss. Yeah. Look, he fucking stinks. This movie is sub ninety minutes, which I thought would be great, but it feels like it, it's almost two hours somehow. Uh, my big problem with this movie is so the whole thing is like uh, this guy, like I don't know, he's like a crazy guy. He he captures people and he turns them into like puppets basically like they're like dummies but not like ventriloquist dummies like like you know clothing store dummies but like i don't know he's bad and evil but also he just has telepathy and it's never addressed like there will be some character in a room and all of a sudden shit will start flying around because a fucking poltergeist there and nobody ever like acknowledges the fact that this guy has magical powers. It drives me insane. Oh, you know who actually loved this movie? Uh, you want to blame him for uh, a positive review? Stephen King. Oops. Uh, that guy doesn't have standards. That checks out. The fashion of good taste. The uh, the evil guy. Like I'm sure I'm supposed to know what his name is, but like I don't fucking know actors' names, especially from the '70s. So too bad you know people listening to this movie podcast uh he's pretty good he's pretty good at looking crazy but this movie just kind of stinks on ice uh yeah not really much more to say about that um (laughs) watched a movie that came out uh fairly recently called hashtag chad gets the axe now that sounds scary is it worth watching because i almost watched it um so the answer is your mileage may vary with this one. Uh, it is in the same oeuvre of, you know, movies like Deadstream. It's a bunch of streamers go to a haunted house. Uh, it's all shot in the first person. They're, you know, they're concerned with streamer things. And then, of course, there's like a fucking cult that starts murdering them. Uh, the kills aren't as good as you want them to be. The The first act, I think, is great. You know, when they're setting up like these douchebag streamers like going to this place. Uh the, the titular Chad, uh, he's uh, 
he's pretty big on whatever streaming site is in this uh and one of his bits is uh dressing up like a ninja and knocking the pizzas out of pizza delivery guys oh hands, sound good. Which, uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> like you know they're 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 going through the house they're uh they're checking everything out it, the 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 guy that's doing it initially god i forget his name it's something steve something that starts with an s like it's like that's like his streamer name and chad and these other influencers are like you know helping him out with his stream and they're like exploring the house and they pull up a rug and they find a pentagram painted on the floor and chad looks into the camera and goes if we get two hundred fifty thousand viewers i'll piss on it which you know i always appreciate somebody bringing that energy because he's just like this absolute obnoxious ball of chaos who sucks um but once the actual like horror movie part of it gets going um it it remains like reasonably funny but like you don't really see any of the kills and it kind of like the the plot kind of goes a little bit off the rails it leans a little bit too hard into the hey if you're a streamer it means you don't have any human connections thing because this is a this is a screen life movie so like everything is basically happening from the phone's perspective so like what the stream comes down like so he can like send texts or whatever and we're only seeing really like the the iPhone perspective of it. Uh, he his iPhone is called iChad, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I appreciated nice. that. Um, but yeah, there's like one point where like he calls the cops, and the cops are like, "Oh yeah, you're that prank streamer. We're not sending anybody." So he's just like frantically texting everybody in this phone to get him to call nine one one for him, and everybody's like, "Sorry, bro, can't stream in Call of Duty right now." And it's like, "All right, man, we get it. Like, we didn't need to do this for two minutes. Like, I understand. Streamer culture is bad. We know." Um, because it's a screen life movie there is constantly a chat on screen of like you know what's going on uh in in the chat as they're going it but it's simultaneously it's moving way too slow it's moving slow enough that you can read all the messages and there are some good bits in the chat but the problem is you kind of end up feeling like you always have to be reading the chat which has its ups and downs there's a there's a uh Hold on, let me make sure I get this guy's fucking chat username right. Um, there is a guy named Peter PP who, like, once every four to five minutes or so, just posts show feet in an eggplant emoji. Which, you know, I appreciate the energy that stuff like that is bringing. I, I know at one point somebody says, yo, fuck the Teapot Dome scandal, and I don't remember the context, but it is the kind of non sequitur <laughs> that you would see in a fucking stream chat like this. But because you're getting, like, one message in there every two to three seconds, and there's four or five messages on screen at a time, you really do feel obligated to read them all, and it kind of made me dizzy. I, I really wish that they had more... They, they had made the, the chat aspect of this a little bit more realistic, where if you catch something funny going through there, like, good for you. Like, kind of the way Spree did. Where, like, the, the chat in Spree is, like, fucking flying by, but you'll see certain things and go, like, yep, that's something I'd see in Twitch chat. This, I felt like they kind of whiffed on that. It's, I don't think it's, like, not worth watching. Like, there's some good stuff here, but if you go in expecting it to be Spree or Deadstream, you're going to be disappointed. Oh, uh, Park, check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, Parker, you'll watch this. You, Look, yeah. you, I'm I don't know. I'm you beat me to it, honestly. <laughs> she loves these movies. Like, Hell yeah, dude. The the amount of times she's like she finds out somebody likes horror movies and is like, hey, have you seen Deadstream? Can you recommend me movies that are like Deadstream? Like, <laughs> it, it's it happens a lot. Um, so she's really the one in the driver's seat on that one. 
uh, last movie I watched here. Hey, you guys will never believe this, but I did an assignment. How did that happen? What's that for you? Yeah. Yeah, so like two years ago, Chris assigned me Drag Me to Hell, and I was like... <laughs> I was I, Like, when he assigned it, I was like, I think I've seen this. But, um... Chris, why are you making two that Two years face? ago. Actually, I, I just want to say that Park, I assigned Parker to watch <laughs> Samurai Jack, what, three years ago? He hasn't even watched one episode. I'll finish it when I finish Snake I Way. Season ba- one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm back in second place, buddy. Let's go. Um, so I presume this was assigned to me because you know it is a Sam Raimi horror movie that I, if I'm not mistaken, now that one I actually you can call horror. me out on that one. I do like this movie a lot. Same. I thought you did. Um, unfortunately, I can't say that I agree. Uh, I don't think this is like bad or anything, but it felt. I feel like. Sam Raimi's best work always feels chaotic in a good way, and this felt chaotic in, like, a really misplaced way to me. I mean, he shoots the hell out of this movie, don't get me wrong. Like, I, he's a very good director, and there's a bunch of really, really great shots in this movie. But I, at no point in this movie was I ever sure how I was supposed to feel about what was going on. I Like, I... I uh, it kind of leaned a little bit too much into the grossness for my liking. Not that I'm, like, anti-grossness in horror movies, but it kind of felt like the only gag for a while. It was, like, grossness or, like, jump scares of the old lady's face popping in, and, like, I know that it's not, you know, like, a horror movie horror movie. I know that, you know, he's always playing with other genres and other things going on. It's just, it kind of didn't click for me, ever. And while I did laugh at the ending, like, I, I, it was a very, very superficial laugh, not a, oh, that ending's gonna stick with me forever. Like, yeah, it was mean-spirited, and like, yeah, on a lot of levels, this character deserved it, but, uh, I wasn't, like, okay, so, I, I guess this is gonna be spoilers for the movie, that it came out in 2009, so I don't feel bad. Um, when she fucking drops the envelope in the car, and then picks up the envelope and never looks in the envelope, I already know what's gonna happen. Like, I, I, I mean, I, like, it was kind of cool that they brought in the fact that, oh, it was the quarter from the beginning of the movie that she grabbed instead. Because that at least makes sense that, you know, oh, this is the reason that she might not have opened it. But, like, when she doesn't open the envelope with, like, literally the most important object she's ever going to have in her hands in it, it's like, all right, come on. I know what we're doing here. Like, oh, she's going to think she brings it back, and then she does it, and then she dies. So, like, I wasn't really, like, surprised, I guess. Not in a, oh, I figured out the movie, I'm so smart way, but, like, I know characters in horror movies are supposed to act stupid because if everybody acted smart, they wouldn't be interesting. But that just felt a little bit egregious to me. I, I don't know. You guys it, do well, what you my thing about it. I think it's totally fair not to like love this as much as I do, and uh, part of it is a personal attachment. Uh, this is, I, I, I think I, I mentioned this in uh, the eulogy, but my mom walked out of the theater and she was like, "Best movie ever." Uh, she, which, if you knew my mom, huh. that would have been a real shocker. Uh, you would think of like, oh, a man for all seasons is yeah. my favorite, but no, she actually thought it was hilarious. We also we had a really good theater experience because uh, 
my sister wouldn't get scared by anything in movies. She wouldn't get scared by any jump scare. We, at one point, Dad brought home The Passion of the Christ and put it on for all of us. And she's like six years old, and she wasn't scared by any of it. She was just like, yeah, whatever, who cares? They're all talking foreign. And this is the one that made her jump out of her seat. It, it scared the shit out of her. We had, a rare, we had a couple fun theater experiences with this. This is also the movie that had my first published review in my school newspaper. It was very bad. Uh, people seem to enjoy it. I don't know. Um, also, I, I think my thing about it, specifically with you, is like I know how movies are supposed to work. I kind of wonder if maybe we've all watched a lot of movies on here. Maybe we've watched so many that it's starting to like decrease our appreciation for some movies. So, like we understand exactly what's going to happen in movies. Some of them are getting a little too predictable. Sometimes I feel that way about movies. And sometimes I feel like if I went back to normie mode and just, like, didn't watch movies, like, whenever, then uh, then maybe uh, I would be more surprised by movies. Or maybe there's just no going back. I've just seen too many of these. I'm like, I know what the beats are supposed to be like. But I could be, like, completely wrong on that. And I think I am completely wrong on that because I still get uh, movies released every single year that surprise me in some way. Like, Everything Everywhere All at Once last year or Spider-Verse this year. I'm, it's still easy to be entertained by things. I will say one thing that you mentioned that I think is the one thing I I really have trouble with with this movie is it's so fucking mean-spirited. It is so fucking uh, down on this character. You say, yeah, maybe she deserved it. Look, cheating that lady... <laughs> she kills yeah, a cat! Yeah, cheating that lady and dragging her. her to hell. I mean, hell kind of sucks, you know? Uh, as as uh, the guy from Metallica says, hell isn't good. I, I don't know. I... <laughs> I, I that is like the one thing I'm just like eh, I guess it's a little mean spirited. I, I do have a fun memory of uh, showing this to uh, three of my female friends at the time, just before the list, and uh, they really hated the ending. They were like, "No, she should have lived happily ever after with Justin Long." I'm like, the title of the movie is "Drag Me to Hell." If they didn't happen, then uh, I would have been cheated out of a dollar. Uh, Parker, your thoughts on this? Um, obviously I love that it's gross and also mean-spirited because I'm a sick little freak. But I also am not surprised that yeah, it's, it's totally not fair. your favorite. I think maybe like, if I, you had seen it at the time. If I showed it to anyone, they were like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? I'd be like, yeah, it checks out. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I love Sam well. Raimi, but I like Evil Dead 1 and 2 Sam Raimi and Spider-Man. Oh, it's a great and powerful than, Sam Raimi. Like, this probably isn't my top <laughs> five. Uh, like there you know the 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 really really ridiculously sam raimi parts like the talking goat it's like all right you know that's gonna get a chuckle out of me but i i kind of was waiting for the talking goat moment for like an hour of this movie it's like where is sam raimi in this and i i didn't really i didn't really feel his presence as a director other than you know the fact mm-hmm. that it is shot really well and that it's not really afraid to be gross. Uh, how did how did uh, the little lady feel uh, about Justin there's, Long? There's, uh, she saw his name on the credits and went, uh, and I'm like, oh come on, you only really hated him one thing, and she tolerated that. But that plus a bunch of people throwing up in other people's mouths and amazing. then the cat getting murdered, well, that probably, yeah, yeah, it's not. Like, I, I would like to enjoy the context <laughs> but, uh, of it. Word. You know, as we just saw Spider-Man 3, and it's very famous uh, how well that whole shoot went where he just went, <laughs> fuck this, I'm done. 
and his response to that whole experience is like, and then the old lady keeps puking this woman's <laughs> You know, that, that might actually be <laughs> a, a pretty good there, bit, yeah. honestly. She'd be like, fuck this. Uh, did you watch the, I don't know if you know, uh, it feels like we never check these things until after we watch them. Do you know if you watch the uh, theatrical cut or the director's cut? Because there's a difference. Whatever is I, I definitely prime. prefer the theatrical cut. I think the um, the director's cut goes. A, it feels like some of the uh, some of those moments are supposed to be jokes, but when you show too much, they get a little bit less funny. For example, the nosebleed scene. The director's cut shows a lot more blood, and uh, the funny the funny line in there is, "Did I get any in my mouth?" That's funny to me. But like when she bleeds like all fucking over yeah. the place, like again, like a right tackle throwing up everywhere. I'm like, yeah, probably, you know. Yeah. The other one is, I think in the director's cut, I think yeah. it shows the corpse of the cat being tossed in the hole. It, make it like the fire said. You got to make it similar. Simpler. You just have to have her bearing the hole. That's that's all we need. That that's I, based on what you just told me. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw the theatrical cut because you see two shovels of dirt go on that cat, and then you don't see the cat again until the demon. Lady yeah, I. But, yeah, um, well, don't watch the director's cut. It's not going to make it any better. When you probably didn't think, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm that's, that's and again, again don't worry. totally fine. But you get a little check on the list. <laughs> you you probably have, you have uh, you yeah, have more yeah, than Parker I, now. I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is definitely a once like every five years where it's like, all right, I've seen Evil Dead enough times. Let me let me do a different Sam Raimi. I don't yeah. go back. Well, to this and, and you can't often. find Dark Man. So yeah, you can watch this. <laughs> yeah, like I, mean, I said, uh, do I, I need to watch Dark really Man? Like Dark Man, I, I, Dark Man feels like a, that should be a required watch just for fucking the the, the carnival scene, <laughs> right, Parker? Did did we not did we not do an episode on that? that I think there was another was one where it's just you and me. <laughs> I, I it, okay. that had to have been in it. That had to At have been point, an episode because I know female Alex has been requesting us to do an episode like that for a long time. Yeah, well, all right. Well, fair enough. Because I definitely no, remember watching that carnival scene. How could you scene. not? <laughs> oh yeah, that was a uh, that was fun. Uh, all right, that, I guess that was Alex's last one. Uh, Parker. Uh actually, oh my God. I have one <laughs> more thing to talk about. Oh no. So let's return to the universe oh, right, of the yeah. immortal for episode. I almost three. forgot that this was oh, a thing. Yes, dude. I am saving the best for last. Uh, so we start off, uh, our three leads are sitting in the living room of a late 90s house. Uh, one of them is trying to hook what looks like a VR headset up to like an Atari uh, in order to scan people for their heat signatures to determine whether or not they are demons. Um, oh my god, damn it. Uh, we're like 15 yeah. seconds into the episode the guy's like oh man but i was on level 10 it's like all right well we found these two people and uh they have weird heat signatures because like they may or may not be demons uh rafe of course is like those are definitely demons i am positive they're demons and the lady's like well what if you made a mistake and he says i don't make mistakes i make decisions uh <laughs> i'm so- using that <laughs> What are these demons up to, you ask? Well, they are at a soup kitchen making poison soup. Uh, So our heroes go in. They have to stop the demons from feeding poison soup to all the homeless people. Uh, Right as they're about to attack the two demons in the kitchen, 
uh, we meet a new character who is a demon deprogrammer named McQueen who runs in yelling, No! I can save her! Uh, because apparently some of these demons aren't all the way turned to demons yet. And he's got like a little farm where he takes these demons and he teaches them how to be human again. Now why, do, now, why does he do this, you ask? Well, it's because he used to play rock music and he feels bad Now, just it. a reminder to everyone, Parker is not allowed to watch this episode. He has to go to the next one. I'm so, so bad right now. Uh, so, you know, they take this, this uh, they, they kill the bad demon, the irredeemable demon. He gets his head chopped off and goes down the Looney Tunes portal to hell. But they take the other demon up to McQueen's farm. Uh, Rafe, of course, is like, that's bullshit. These people are demons. Like, you can't, you can't reform a demon. It's not possible. So McQueen is like, no, no, no. Let me show you. So he gets one of his reformed demons, and he puts a kitten on the table. And the guy starts playing with the kitten. He's like, oh, yes, I like this. And then the lady who's watching on the Atari VR set is like, his heat signature returned to normal. Like, oh, I guess that means he's showing his humanity. So then McQueen's like, you think that's cool? Watch this. And he gets out a boa constrictor, and he puts it on the table with the kitten. And he, he's to see if the guy's going to save the kitten from the boa constrictor. The guy does, eventually, after he's talking about... He talks a lot about the, the fucking food chain and like how we should probably let the boa constrictor eat this kitten. And while this is happening, the other reformed demon tries to eat the kitten. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, at, at this point, um, the, the first demon, the, the guy that seems to be reformed, like they take him outside and they're talking to him, like, wow, you're doing so good, you're so close to being free. At which point, Randall the Collector, a.k.a. Bret Hart with a southern accent, shows what? up. Come on, man. Sends the reformed demon to hell by chopping his head off and immediately leaves. Uh, Damn it. We get a commercial break, watch some Tubi ads. We come back. Uh, they're doing electroshock therapy on the new demon they're trying to reform, who says, and I quote, hell is like Club Med compared to this. Uh, Yikes! Yeah, uh, you know a lot of a lot of shit like that. You know, you know where we're at with that. Um, Bret Hart comes back after we see him forging a demon axe. I should note that interspersed with this, there are like three flashbacks to uh, Rafe training with his sensei in the 1600s. Um, just in case you were worried that those were gone. Uh, yes. Bret Hart takes Rafe to a diner. Uh, they're talking about what they do. See, see, Rafe sends the demons back to hell, but Randall the Collector sends the demons that turned good back to hell. So they're like different sides of the same coin. Uh, at one point during this conversation, Bret Hart says, You're all hat and no cattle, cowboy. <laughs> he says cowboy a lot. He does kind of sound episode. like Hart. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. I've always, I've always heard <laughs> um, similar comparisons. So one other thing that I failed to mention about McQueen is that he has a fucking fake hand, like patches a hula hand, because I guess it got chopped off when he was getting chased by a demon or something. Uh, so the demon he's trying to reform uh, gives him his hand back with demon magic, and then he's like, "No, no, I can't accept this," and keeps trying to impale his hand on things while this is going on. Because you see, the demons, you know, 
they're evil. Uh, we also find out that literally all of the fucking reformed demons are actually fakers, including the guy who got his head chopped off, who is now back. And all of them are working with Randall the Collector. Uh, so the guy that got his head chopped off earlier and Bret Hart start a fight with Rafe. Uh, he gets his head chopped off a second time immediately after the fight starts. Uh, they're fighting, they're fighting. Um, the, the His, like, squire and the lady are, like, running away, so Rafe has to go help them. At which point, Bret Hart does an Orton pose and yells, Let's get ready to wrestle! <laughs> uh, so, the, the, two, the two other, you know, fake reformed demons, the two girls, show up to help Bret Hart, and he goes, No way! This is mine! And immediately banishes them both to hell with his demon axe. Um... <laughs> so we uh you know Rafe and Randall the collector keep fighting they're just fighting in this barn uh Rafe has like six handguns for some reason I don't really understand what use they ha have against demons when he's also got his magic sword but like they're going at it for like a solid two minutes and then Randall's cell phone rings it's the devil the devil's like hey I need you to go do some other stuff right now and so he's like Actually, I have to go do work somewhere else. Goodbye. And then the episode ends. Oh my god. I'm so excited to <laughs> carry this baton for you. This is the greatest show I've ever seen. <laughs> it is so unbelievably good. I only watch this show when I'm in the perfect headspace to just go max stupidity about it. Because, oh my fucking god, man. They really okay. don't make them like they used to. Getting a phone call from the devil on a Nokia flip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but actually. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's the big man. I gotta bounce. Like, it's like, who's that? And he goes, you know who it is. It's like, yeah, of course I do, because I'm not an idiot. Uh, Ten out of five stars. Very happy to uh, hear from you next week about more of the immortal. I I can tell you what I'm watching first. I promise. <laughs> I almost feel bad that Chris hasn't gotten to watch this yet. It's so good. I like the idea. I go in and watch it. Yeah, I don't really like Maybe it. I don't really have anything to say about it. But uh, next week, <laughs> it's pretty stupid. <laughs> you don't deserve it. <laughs> Uh, alright, now, Parker, what did you watch this week? Uh, so I was out of town since last Wednesday, so I don't have much, or really anything. But let me just ask y'all a question. Uh, when you go into the 10th Saw movie, do you expect, like, the first 30 to 45 minutes to be about Jigsaw's, uh, battle with cancer and going to Mexico for <laughs> the new procedure? Wait, didn't they already do this one? <laughs> oh, you fucking wish. Oh, yeah, Chris, tell me about it. Because you said you only saw a couple yeah, Saw movies. I saw but, the first uh, three. I feel like he, yeah, I saw I feel the like first he might three. be the expert. Uh, at one point, Jigsaw dies of cancer. He dies of getting murdered. I don't know, dude. Poison? I wasn't paying attention. I don't remember. He has cancer and someone killed him. Yeah, you were. <laughs> All right, let's get to the important part here. So this takes place between <laughs> Saw 1 and 2. It's still funny. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, it is kind of genius, because it's like, oh yeah, I kind of like those movies, but it's the 10th one. Do you remember the first one? Uh, kinda. Alright, you're good. 
You don't need to know anything. You know who Jigsaw is, right? Cool. That's it. That's all the setup you need. Hey, do you remember the lady that was with him? That girl who got thrown in the needle pit who was working with him? Cool. Those are the only two characters you need to know. If you've seen one and a half Saw movies, like my sister's fiance did over the weekend to prepare himself. Was this his bachelor party? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how cool did he get? (laughs) I got a text from the day before I left and then watching the first one. And then when I got there... We watched like 45 minutes. I like the idea you kick open his door, you jump on his couch like Jason Mayhem Miller. We're going to go watch Thaw. (laughs) What's up, man? We're going to watch Thaw. (laughs) So this one takes place in the car. So you think you're bad enough to fuck my sister? Let me tell you something, buddy. (laughs) Why don't you go against someone who really knows how to fuck people up? Oh yeah, we watched. We were watching Saw Two, but we just rewatched Talk to Me, which is like an actual good movie. It's like forty minutes into watching Donnie Wahlberg solve the mystery, like actually I'm gonna go to bed. Fuck this. Correct choice. Yeah, absolutely. So like the first half hour of this movie uh, is. Uh, I'm just gonna spoil the whole thing because as I learned afterwards, the trailer shows everything except you know the gore. So he goes down to Mexico to get this super secret surgery because. You know, the FDA's all on their ass. Like, you know, if they, could, if they could solve these diseases, then Big Pharma wouldn't get their cut. So, you know, they're on the run. It's super secret. So he goes down there, gets the surgery with these... I mean, they're pretty shitty looking, but you know how it goes. You know how this goes. Uh, he wakes up, and they tell him, like, oh, man, you're doing great. Just don't touch these bandages. Um, take this little fucking vial of whatever it is, and then in a week you'll be fine. He's like, okay, cool. So he makes his way back to the compound because he wants to leave like a expensive bottle of tequila. Hey, thanks for getting the cancer out of my brain. And the whole place is just ransacked. It's empty. Um, during his surgery, uh, that's what they do with some brain surgeries where they keep you like sort of conscious so they can make sure you still have your motor function. And he could see it happening on the monitor. <laughs> he walks up, he finds the monitor that he was watching before and realizes it was just a DVD playing of like how to do surgery. Uh, he takes the bandage off. There's no scar. There was no surgery. They just took his money and ran. So now the rest of the movie is him and his apprentice uh, hunting down these people and then putting them in these miserable, awful traps. It is the dumbest thing I've ever seen and probably the third best Saw movie. <laughs> I mean, like, it takes forever to get going. Like, uh, it's easily 30 minutes, if not 40, without getting to where we want to get. But then after that, I mean, it's it, it's a Saw movie. Chris loves him. He's seen three of them. He's a huge fan. He's going to watch this one because the man loves continuity and timelines. Um, Incredibly stupid. It still does the thing like every movie did after The Dark Knight where... Actually, you thought you had a one-up on me, but I foresaw this, so I did this here, and then I planned on this, and then you walked into that trap, and I knew this person was going to double-cross me, and you're like, alright, man, whatever. We're at an hour 45. Let's get where we got to get. Um, Incredibly stupid. Alex, as you know from being online, the scariest movie of the year, the scariest song movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been enjoying all the advertisements for it. Hey, hey, what about the puppet? Where's the puppet in this? I don't know how they got that puppet to Mexico, but let me tell you, 
when it's like the third person getting their test and that little tricycle comes out from a dark room. <laughs> I don't know who shipped that to him, but God bless them because I that was my Avengers moment. I was happy to see that puppet make a return. Uh, big fan of uh, you know you look over at Disney where it's like oh this takes place in the past. So we're just going to turn you into a waxy CGI nightmare that looks like shit. And we're going to use AI to digitally recreate your voice. And here it's like, I don't know, I should give Tobin Bell like a haircut. Yeah, this this takes place 20 years ago. Is that good enough? You're like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't pretend to be what it's not. It's like, this is fucking Saw 10. You know who these people are. Anyone who knows these movies knows this guy died literally 20 years ago at the end of Saw 3. So here's these two people that you want to see, not fucking Chris Rock from that last one. <laughs> a movie that will make Chris watch one day. That can't, can't make um, me watch fake movies. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Watch me. I mean, there's not much to say because if you have literally any interest in this, you're going to see it because why wouldn't you? And if you're a normal functioning person, you will never know this exists. And that's perfect for you. You shouldn't watch this. I was very happy I got to bond with my family by tricking them into seeing this. <laughs> Let me talk about what really happened. Uh, the big event for me over the weekend. Uh, so my family always buys tickets to Austin City Limits. So this is the first year I got to go with them. Um, Kendall Kamara was about an hour late. Uh, played... 30 minutes but he played all of the songs I knew so 5 stars there not mad uh, Foo Fighters were great didn't realize how many songs of theirs I knew uh, I was correct in assuming my sister would not enjoy Death Grips but I thought it would be really funny to make her see it <laughs> um, the real reason I'm the jerk of the week is uh, you guys know when you uh, you think like man this would be a really funny bit to do and then 30 minutes in you're like this is a lot funnier before I was like the one doing it so 30 seconds to Mars is performing. <laughs> and we all thought it'd be so fucking funny. Oh my god, we should totally go see him. And then you're 45 minutes into a 30 seconds to Mars set outside. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? Um, so his set starts with him at the top of the stage. Like at the tippy tippy top where like all... <laughs> like where the banner is hanging. Like 100 feet up. And he sings the intro to one of his dog shit new songs that no one likes. And then he bungee jumps down to the stage. <laughs> and he finishes his shitty ass song that no one likes. And then he removes his white, his uh, fucking bungee outfit to reveal. He's just head to toe red dirt bike gear. <laughs> Never explained. <laughs> He's just decked out in fox gear. And, um,. Hey, let me uh, let me give you a hint here. How many songs do you think it took for him to play The Kill? Did you guess nearly his entire set list? Because joke's on us. We all agreed unanimously. Like, look, as soon as he plays that song, <laughs> we're bailing on this, right? So, of course, it's the second to last song he fucking plays. <laughs> so we're sitting there. The band at this point is literally just him and his brother on drums. And they're just playing all this, like, shit with... the awful synthesizers it's miserable there's a bunch of 40 year old dudes like swaying their hands back and forth to these new songs and he finally gets to the kill right and he starts running into the crowd doing crowd work so he's like only half singing the song 
I've never been angrier. I sat out there, played myself for a fool, just to hear him. He couldn't do one of the screams at all. He just like running out of breath so he could just like get the crowd to sing along. It's furious. So this is already bad enough. We st- we just bail because we're like, all right, this set's almost over. Fuck this, we're leaving. And as we turn around, we just hear the sound of Matthew McConaughey's voice coming from the stage. Uh, McConaughey, who literally hours before was on the sideline uh, watching Texas absolutely eat shit against Oklahoma. He makes it to the stage, and they spend the last 15 minutes of the set calling fans on stage to sing along and dance to some song I've never heard of. So that was my weekend. Um, Glad you all got to watch a lot of cool movies. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. I did not. Oh, I thought there was going to be a little something extra there. Is he going to be back? Well, I I, I heard he might be appearing at Maryland Death Fest. Why wouldn't he be? (laughs) I, boy, I'd be very excited to see that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get to watch, like, any movies this week, because, you know, at the festival all day, get back home, eat, and I'm just unconscious, because it was a mile and a half walk to and from the parking garage we were using. So by the time I got back, I was dead tired. Drove in yesterday, went to work today, and here we are. Very excited to catch up on all, all these right. TV well, shows. Uh, in that case, Los, next week's episode, uh, Spanish movie. <laughs> 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 Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> Parker managed one fucking win with his Lions, so uh, Dude, he's high first. Jesus Christ, the, you couldn't beat Gardner fucking Minshew? <laughs> Buddy, you know who else's team lost to Gardner Minshew? I understand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, my teams managed to go 3-1, and one, no thanks to Chris's Patriots. Uh, truly, truly a tragic day when the New England Patriots could outscore a single fucking point against the Saints. Uh, Chris would have tied me if the Packers were able to beat the Raiders. However, they were not. So, uh, I will be doing the assignments again this week. Uh, hmm. What do you think, Parker? Should I, should I give Chris the immortal this week? Yeah, he deserves to know. Alright, I'm gonna give Chris the immortal, I'm gonna give Parker the ghost show, and I am gonna take Bully Beat down. That'll be fun. Let's get another perspective on this. Which, which, Uh, uh, is it uh, episode five of The Immortal? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was week five of, yeah, Yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Is this Celebrity Ghost Show still just pick an interesting one? Yeah, oh, that was it. That was what it was supposed to be. Either of the ghost shows. Oh, geez. I I went for Uh, uh, four because that was what I got there. Man, I got lucky on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. If it, that's it, the case, yeah, I Parker, just take text. the Wee Man one. Yeah. Oh, Dory, <laughs> I have two of them. <laughs> um, so I am going to introduce one more wrinkle to the game of games before we start picking teams. Uh, you may think of this as phase two of the game of games, if you'd like. 
Now, here's how this is going to work. Uh, every even-numbered week for the rest of the year, so, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and 18 for the mathematically challenged, uh, you will have the option to throw two teams that you've won with back into the pool in order to get a guaranteed win with a different team. Like, it'll just immediately... Come, like you'll just immediately be able to slot it in. You're like, hey, I don't think the Bears are going to win any games. Let me throw the Chiefs and the Bills back and give me a Bears win. Uh, now, you can only throw each team back once. So, you know, you, you'll get your second win with the Chiefs or the Dolphins or fucking whoever. And then they're locked in. Like, you can't do it again with them. However, for every team that you throw back and win again with who makes the playoffs you get a bonus point. And whoever finishes the season with the most bonus points gets to call up our old friend Shenron. Oh my god. One wish. <sighs> no Namekian Dragon Balls. But, uh, I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and send you guys the updated, uh, you know, who's taking what right now, just so you guys... Thank you. Let me just screenshot it. Oh, wait, no, that's gonna fuck up your computer. I'll screenshot it. And I will do my best to keep you guys updated on what you've done. However, I might change my mind on that. Who knows? That's fair. I was keeping track, and then, yeah. Yeah. This last weekend. Yeah, it's just, it's more to keep track of now, so. Um, that's what you've got right now. So, and wh when you throw a team back, you don't have to use them right away. But, like, you can if you want. Boy. What is that? Some of these minus ones are going to be sitting there for a while. Well, I mean, you can take a minus one to a zero if you want to trade two teams for it. <laughs> I forgot about Vikings minus three. Minus three. <laughs> God damn it. I'm in the green with the Broncos? I thought they were 0-5. <laughs> no, you, uh, um... Who'd you take them against? I don't remember. Oh, the, you guys had them against the Bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They won that oh, game. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely forgot. Yeah. Uh... Oh. Fucking, I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to toss... Hey, here, I'll start. I'm going to toss back the Dolphins, and I'm going to toss back the 49ers. That would make sense. I'm going to toss in... Uh... Those two, and also the Chiefs. You only get two. All... Oh no! You only <laughs> get two. Get these Vikings out of here. Okay. Well, you know what? And it's two for one, so you would only knock the Vikings down to minus two. Oh damn! I was really trying to wheel and deal here. Uh, we'll get to that when uh, when Josh steps to the mic. Oh, good, great. In that case, let's see here. I mean, they're both still going to make the and make the playoffs so i will also do those two and just take one of those vikings off there uh you're doing miami and san francisco yeah All they're right. not not making the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens which is also still possible absolutely it, chris your thoughts you know logic would dictate that i'd throw in like you know the chiefs and the 49ers and take the bears but I like to live dangerously, so I will be throwing no teams in, and instead, for picking teams, 
I'm going to pick the Bears to beat the Vikings. I'm also going to pick that, but uh, never mind. Are you sure you don't want to throw any teams again? You don't have to use them this can week. Can I can I like do it next week instead? Or no? It's, it's an Sorry. odd. It's an it's odd, odd week. week. No. I, I just explain the rules. <laughs> oh yeah. Just pick your two best teams and put them Fine, back in. I don't care. The Chiefs and 49ers. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, uh, then, and then, uh, but for the, I can pick a team that hasn't won yet or something. Yeah, yeah, you you can pick anybody. Oh, take a win. For oh, them. then Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they're fucking bad. That's probably yeah. the smart yeah. play. <laughs> I forgot they were even on there. All right. Uh, so Parker, you said you wanted to knock the Vikings to minus two. Yeah, I got to chip <laughs> away at that because I don't think Justin Jefferson's gonna be playing again. You guys, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Uh, I am also going to use mine on the Panthers. Okay. Uh, Josh's deal of the week. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a savings. Oh, there's so many options this week. There's so many dog shit games. Oh, I love options. You know what? <sighs> Ravens, Titans in London. Deal of the week. Oh. I mean, no, I'm not touching that one. I'm <laughs> minus one on both. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck it, Ravens. Let's go. All right, Parker's on the Ravens. Man, I hate this deal. Yeah, this is a bad sucks. deal. Sucks real bad. Um, I feel like I have a better shot if they lose of them getting back to zero than the Titans do because holy moly, <laughs> they stink. Uh, all right, I'm also gonna take the Ravens. I don't feel good about it, but uh, oh, absolutely not. No. All right, and uh, go ahead and give me your uh, three picks, Chris. You said you're on the Bears. Yeah. Also, the Raiders. Uh, wait, everybody. Las Vegas Raiders. I can take the Raiders. Hey. You can take the Raiders. Yeah. All right. Uh, and do I need a, one more? Yeah, one you can thing. use one of your one of your newly liberated teams if you want, because uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, wait, who, 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 oh, they're, never they're mind. I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking at the NFL.com schedule. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Miami, who I just threw back, along with the Chiefs. And fuck it. I'm going to take my Bengals. Oh, I don't like that, but, you know. <laughs> desperate times. Let me see here. Alright, fuck it. My Chiefs, who I just threw in because I need a W desperately. Uh, you did not throw the Chiefs in. Oh, oh that meant to say, oh, fucking. Who the you threw it played against? Uh, the Panthers. Oh, yes. Yeah, right, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll also take them. <laughs> All right. Dolphins, uh, my Chargers, because if, if there's ever a game we're going to win, it's going to be this game. I'm so future. excited for you to go negative on the Chargers. <laughs> it's it's going to be a roller coaster. 
And one more. Uh, well, I haven't taken the Rams yet. Let's see what we got here at home. Yeah, what could go All on? right. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a good deal on them. Ugh. I do love deals. I don't. <laughs> hey, just be glad the deal wasn't New Orleans at Houston. Or, uh... <laughs> New England at right, the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> I would have not touched them. <laughs> Why? Just take the Raiders. Max Crosby's gonna kill them. Washington at the Falcons? Anybody? Ugh, okay, that's stinky. <laughs> that is a stinky deal. <laughs> I already have wins with both of those teams. The, <laughs> you guys gonna catch the up? The stinkiest deal of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! <laughs> I'm very excited to trade two teams to get the Giants a win on the board. I'm yeah. so upset about that one still. <laughs> that was my literal one shot to pick them outright. <laughs> Fucking, it's fine. Hey, uh, don't look now, but we uh, we might have a deal on a Giants Jets game coming up. Oh, good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Oh my god, we got some, we got some real winners next week. Uh, how do you feel about a deal on Las Vegas at Chicago? I would take Las Vegas. I, I don't. What about what about Green Bay at Denver? <laughs> uh, don't worry, Green there's Bay. only six teams on by in week seven. God, what a horrendous week of games it was last yeah. week. It was terrible. I, dude. Turns out football's not fun when twenty teams don't have a quarterback. I know the Cowboys lost his bag because I came back to work today and he was not wearing a jersey. He was just wearing a regular t-shirt. Like, oh, <laughs> even their most... Did he even wear like a division championship from like 2011? No. No, just some regular ass t-shirt. Not even a cowboy oh, shirt. Like, no. oh shit, he's hurt. I'm not going to talk to him. Just, just going with the, uh, the Hank Hill white t-shirt. Just the Hanes. He wore a Pro Bowl jersey. He was like, no, I can't support this anymore. <laughs> Are you still them boys? Which again, as I said before, (laughs) I've never in my life heard someone say we them boys in my entire life of living out here. I swear that was a made up thing. I don't know where these people are. (laughs) And that's the tea, sis. (laughs) 